Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. About how do people feel about doing this generally? Like, does this like add like ha- being? Just keep talking. <laughs> does this like add like a certain amount of pressure? Would you say to, no to people? What do, what do people report back to you about how they felt about their conversations it's been so and different. experience? It's been so different. Huh? In different periods that it wouldn't be accurate to. So let me give you let me give you an example. Um, at one point, actually, I am gonna have fun. At one point, the way that I would do this is I would be. I remember that, like, first of all, when I started the podcast, right? I was I had been in jail for fourteen months for huh. carjacking, right? I got out. I was living in a halfway house. Okay, I had an iPhone. And the guy who sat next to me when we ate dinner, he was this little Asian kid. We were like surrounded by dudes who were fully tatted up, like chicks who just finished doing math. Like we were in an environment that was like very counterculture to say the least. Okay. And we just put an iPhone on the table and we just talk about our day. So it was more like a therapy thing. I see. But because we were, you know, we were who we were, it was like our day was, oh, we went to an AA meeting. Oh, we... Like, got our bus pass right. from the place, you know, we weren't living, like, normal nine-to-five lives, so that's why it was interesting. So, then, I got into the community college uh, circuit. Okay. <laughs> so, I thought, okay, I, you know, I'm not going to get a story about somebody robbing a liquor store from any of the community college students. I so, see. the appeal kind of switches more toward what were my original interests, which are more philosophical. I see. So, uh, in those situations, the comfort, cause that's kind of the beginning of it, um, was how do people feel, right? Hmm. <laughs> when they do a, a podcast. Well, the thing yeah. is, there's been like what five different, yeah, there's been like five different Chef of X podcasts though. So let me go through okay. them. There was the criminally insane one. There's the community college one that's somewhat philosophical. Then there's the, then there's kind of like the tail end of it that I think was philosophical with good audio because before it was like hella hissing and shit like that. So, okay. so in that sense, if you can hear that it's not really professionally done, you're not intimidated. If it sounds good, then it's like, oh, maybe this is a real thing. Then when I came to Davis, it was just whoever was around. So the first podcast that I did was this fucking crazy story where I, I had just moved in to my dome. This was back in July. Okay. okay. And I had a roommate. I didn't really know my roommate too well. We had only spent a week together by the right. time I did a podcast with someone. Okay. But what happened was my roommate sent me a text saying, hey, um, I'm bringing a friend over tonight. So I said, okay. And she used to work all day. So, you know, tonight could be after 11. And um, But around maybe 6, maybe 8 p.m., <laughs> there's a knock on the door. <laughs> And uh, then I just hear the buttons being pressed, which is like how you unlock it. And this little girl. How, how you unlock the door? Or? Yeah. Okay, we have like a combination attached see, okay. to that dome. So uh, we have one here too. Okay. So she knew the combination. The person who walked in wasn't my roommate. It was this like this guest. Okay. So I was like, oh, hey, hi. You must be, uh, you know, the person. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to get settled in. And then I look from left to right, and I was like, wait a minute, where's my roommate at? <laughs> you came here by yourself? You knew the combination by yourself? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to hook up to the Wi-Fi and chill here. And I was getting ready to go for a job. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, man. 
all right, well, it is what it is. Let me just go for my jog. And at the time, I was still drinking my food. So right. it's, it's not like I had anything to offer. <laughs> Do you want some tap water? Do you want the fucking Wi-Fi code? So anyhow, I go on my jog, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I'm stuck with this person for like three hours. Now, she's kind of hot. Okay. <laughs> so I All come right. back. I come back, and I'm like, hey, you know, I've been doing this these shitty little podcasts from time to time. Uh-huh. I'm going to go do a sound test anyway, which was true. Because at the time, I was recording music, and I didn't know where I could do it. So I did it in the yurt. And I did it in one of the uh, office areas. Yurt's way better, obviously. Now that I know what I know, I should have known that. But anyhow, um, I wanted to do a sound test in this office area. So I said, hey, why don't you just come with me? Just do the test. I mean, you have nothing to do anyway. And we're just going to be kicking it here until your real friend comes. <laughs> so yeah, until, what the fuck? Until the real friend comes. Yeah. And she was down. And that's how I ended up doing the first podcast here. So okay. that, there's those types of serendipitous experiences that I think are kind of, um, it, it's hard to describe how those people felt because those, it, it's such a weird thing. It's such a right. different thing. Then what's happening if and, I formally and, am asking somebody? Yeah, and they yeah. they don't really know what to go, what to base anything off of. They just know I'm just going to talk to someone, and I guess it's a podcast. But I mean, at that point, you're a stranger. Yeah, you don't really have any like. <laughs> it's better with strangers, of. though. Yeah. So to me, the beauty of uh, talking to strangers is I feel like it it opens up. I feel like it's a it, it's developing a different skill than talking to people that you already kind of know. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of it is you. If you really search for like what, you know, how you're going to connect with this person. Exactly. You have no idea how you're going to connect. So there's some general things that I feel work most of the time. Yeah. But it almost, it's almost like it takes practice to even do those things. Yeah. So when you, when you talk to strangers for the first time, are you, are you judging them? Is, is that how you're figuring out what you're going to try to find a connection based off of? Probably. I wouldn't. I mean. Uh, not consciously. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> well, here's what consciously I'm doing. It's, and it's so boring that it doesn't even seem like it's the thing. But it's it's super important. What am I interested in? Right. You know? So if somebody mentions something that I really think might you know, that, that lights a spark for me, then just go for that thing ruthlessly. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you should just do, you should just talk about what you're interested in. And if they're not into it, then you can say, okay, like, peace out. We, you know, we, (laughs) and I mean, in any kind of like level of whether it's a conversation with a stranger, even with like an acquaintance, it's like, you can get a better feel of like where that person's out at. And maybe you can say like, all right, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave it there. I'll just go. Yeah. Do do my thing that I want to do. Well, there's the maze element of it too, which is like even if I don't like whatever your uh position is, it's it is interesting to find out how you got to the position. Hmm. So, how yeah. does it, how does the maze of your mind work? I some people might say, well, the fact that it's a maze that already dismisses you. But I would say, no, 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 no. A left turn versus a right turn, that matters to me. Yeah, no, no. What kind of like what happened the other night when I went outside? Remember when I went outside to go talk to that girl? I don't know her name. 
Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that you went out to speak with her. Yeah. Like I was trying to, like the reason I went outside was, I mean, I just wanted to see like, you know, explain to me like where you're coming from. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I mean, apparently that was a problem, but I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the best time to be, you know, communicating, but I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, Well, when is the best time? Because I think I think that the claim well, I think that everyone, something is I, not the best time requires some uh, alternative time. That right. is a better time. And if you can't show an alternative, yeah. perhaps that claim is not true. Yeah. I guess when everyone's like fucked up and yelling at each other already, it's kind of like, well, this isn't really getting anywhere productive. So maybe the next day or like not but super fucked up and angry. The, would who be was doing the, the yelling? The person who claimed it's the bad time? Or you? Well, I guess I just claimed that it was a bad time, but I wasn't yelling at anyone. Right. I was pretty chill. It was a great time. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The yelling. So think about the argument that's being made. Okay. I'm the one yet. Like, I'm angry. It's a bad time to be speaking to me. When are you not angry? When are you a calm, cool, rational person? I see. Ever? Are you saying on Wednesdays you're you're the person to talk to, but then on Thursdays you're angry? <laughs> because if you're using anger and saying it's a bad time whenever I'm angry, that ju- that's circular. You're just saying it's always a bad time. Right, right. How do you know it's a bad time? Because I'm angry. When are you yeah. not angry? Well, when it's good. When it's a good time, I'm not angry. Well, yes, are you yeah. ever not angry? No. Huh. Therefore, it's never a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It. it so yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I was thinking, man, I was thinking, how does JP feel about like all that went down? Yeah. I mean, geez, well, that was like, yeah. I mean, I was really like, kind of like, I felt really bad. Like, I felt like it must made like if I were in your position, man, I would feel like pretty shitty or like no. I don't know, or, no, you not wouldn't. necessarily shitty, you wouldn't feel but I'd shitty. feel like kind of like, damn, I'm in a weird position here. You like, would feel like you're in a weird position, but I think yeah. you'd be excited. I don't think you'd feel okay. shitty because I think you would you would realize something it's almost like sometimes right at the edge right right at the edge is the most horrifying place is also the most enlightening place sometimes now i feel it oh yeah and well what's happened to be frank is that i'm right at the edge of a cultural phenomenon and and because of that i have some of the best understanding of exactly, I, I don't have general criticisms. I have very specific criticisms of exactly what I think has happened to uh-huh. lead to that. You can't get that level of expertise unless you're at the edge. I see. And that's exactly where I am. I give people the analogy of, uh, which is directly relevant to why I'm hated, but uh, Guantanamo Bay. So you find out there's torturing going on and you're a journalist and you say, I want to go to Guantanamo Bay. And some people would say, well, why would you do that? It'd be a horrible experience. And you could say, if it's horrible, more stuff, that's more stuff I can write about then. <laughs> if I'm the one who's there and I know the most information, I'm in the best position to give a, a yeah. clean, you know, uh, informed uh, opinion about what's actually happening rather than the general thing, which is that it's bad. Yeah. I mean, you need you need to be uncomfortable to get moving. To get moving, I mean, if it's hot, you know, it'll get you. You're, you're gonna look for a comfortable place, but you don't want to get 
it's to be so hot that you get burned and get fried yeah. so and you, you can't yeah. recover from it. Yeah. But yeah, you want, you want that pain that's just enough that it like fucks you up and pushes you forward, but that you're also able to deal with and recover from yeah. long term. Well, everyone has a different tolerance level. And I have an unusually high tolerance level because of a number of things that I've already been through. So for me, I don't even feel like it's warm. But from I the see. outside position, it seems like I'm getting burned. Yeah. But it's like, well, you know, what's really happening at the end of the day? What's I mean, really scary? Yeah. You know, you want me to summarize it for you so you know why I'm not getting burned? Right. At the end of the day, I'm a black dude who has neighbors who don't like me. <laughs> That's true for almost every black dude. No matter what you do, no matter where you go. Right now, after that's off the table, cool. That's the situation. That's what you're supposed to be horrified about. Okay. Now, why are they mad at you? It's based in fallacious thinking. Now, that's the general thing. If we don't want to end up in the same situation we were in on, uh, <laughs> on Wednesday, then I won't go into any detail. But I'm coming, the, the conclusion that it's in fallacious thinking is based on premises that are based on experiences I and see. facts that I have collected since I've been here in July. So if you want to, we're going to be having a rational conversation about me right. defending the claim, the reason why I'm hated is based in fallacious thinking, right? That's different than what you're going to experience if right. you speak to people who don't like me. What you're going to experience, well, you did experience it. Anger instead of yeah. argument. Right, right. Why? Because it works. Yeah. It well, works. Even with philosophers, yeah. it works because we all second guess ourselves and we say, wait a minute, this person's so angry, they must have something to say. Right. I'll wait till next time to hear them out. <laughs> but if you've been here since July, you realize there is no next time. That is yeah. the argument. I'm offended. No, the, it's powerful in certain unfortunately, places. Unfortunately, people that have more understanding of an argument or a problem, let's say a pro an issue, a problem. Yeah. They're more likely to say, well, it's complicated. Eh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I can't like give a really strong position. Like, say you're in a class and, you know, the professor presents a problem yeah. that it needs to be solved. I notice the people that say, usually when someone says this is a complicated situation, you know, it's, it's hard. And for the, these reasons, you know, those tend for to be these the, reasons. Yeah. Those, exactly. ten, those tend to be the most thoughtful people. The people that are like, Oh, it's obvious. It's this. That makes sense. It's usually a very shallow, like, way of thinking. Or I shouldn't say shallow, but it's it's not as well thought out as it could be. Right. I mean, why is this a problem? Problems are really hard to solve. I mean, there's so many problems and people just say, if you did this and this, boom, it would be fixed. But I mean, I think I have an inclination that if that was really true, it wouldn't be a problem. They're usually more complicated. Hmm. And uh, Well, it definitely yeah. involves nuance, this, this, yeah. this issue. Because at its base, so um, for me, one of the interesting things is my experience versus things that I've heard. So I, uh, when I left high school, mm -hmm. I went to live in Alabama for three years. Okay. Most of the time, I didn't have problems, but there's a few funny things that popped up. For instance, it's a conservative culture. I had a girlfriend. I would visit my girlfriend in the yeah. dorms. Did, did you? Um, was it? Was um, were you in the city? Or were you no, in like I was out in a rural, rural area? Yeah, okay. rural area. It was Tuskegee, Alabama. Okay. And um, I would visit my girlfriend in the dorms. And one of the times when I was walking out, the RA stopped me and said, hey, who did you visit? Because we're going to charge them a fine. And I said, fine for what? 
and said, well, there's not supposed to be any men in the dorms. So, oh. and I said, well, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to tell you then. <laughs> and they said, well, if you don't, then, you know, something about it, da, 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 we're going to get you in some way. And I thought, yeah, this is one of those situations where it's only a problem because I'm here. It's not really, it's, it's a cultural difference that I didn't have much of a respect for. And now I have to pay the price for that. Right. Okay. Similar thing happened when I tried to start a, um, a robotics team. A big part of the culture there is that you're supposed to kind of come of age first before you take over in any leadership position. I didn't join a fraternity, therefore I shouldn't be founding anything from their perspective. Huh. I didn't have a respect for that. I just thought, I know about resistors, I know about circuits. Right. I'm an engineer major, I'm going to fucking make ro robots, that's it. I can buy the equipment, who gives a shit? Well, they gave a lot of shits, apparently. Hmm. And when I turned in my application, the guy who reads the application said, I can guarantee you, you're not going to found this club because I have all these applications. It's going on the bottom and I'm not going to get to it. So you didn't want to, you want to go around our system? You got to deal with it. And I realized like, mm -hmm. oh, this is a culture where this is more important than that. I grew up innovation, 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 go out, change the world, grow things right. there. They're more like, well, you should probably just get in line and take advantage of these pathways that we've carved out for you by staying in line. That's how you get the highest reward. And if you don't do that, we need to make an example of you. So, uh, and then obviously, um, the, the real thing that builds tolerance, I think, is uh, I was – so I went into a manic episode in my junior year, all right? Uh, lots of money spending, got my first tattoo – um, lots of traveling. And eventually I ended up starting my criminal career. <laughs> so I, d I did a carjacking in San Francisco and now I'm in the criminal world. Hmm. In jail, I get treatment for my mental health thing. I'm diagnosed with bipolar. Everything normalizes back out, but I still have to finish my time. So now I'm getting socialized into this criminal world. Similarly, there are cultural things that you realize, oh, this is just true here. So one of the big ones right. is um, driveway. So everybody's like, their bed is lined up and then there are these spaces in between. And the area to your left is your like personal space, right? And then the area to the right is the other people's personal space. I see. So I'm talking to somebody and I step in his personal space <laughs> and oh, he's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Get the fuck up out of my driveway. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? What's wrong with you? And oh, he said, shit. if we were in prison, I would have had to take off your head. Again, similar to my application going to the bottom, this is a cultural thing that I you see. need to respect in that area. And huh. there's a consequence that goes along with that. Then I come to the domes. Same thing. Eventually, you're going to do something, right? Eventually, you're going to step in someone's driveway, metaphorically speaking. I see. But... If you understand exactly what's happening, you can still survive even if you don't agree with that system. The thing that's different here, even from the jail world, I guess snitching yeah. is like this in the jail world, but there are things that are unforgivable, highly subjective, and um, very easy to do. Yeah. But and there, that's but, what but makes there's it a, crazy here. But there's a level where you can't say, okay, that's I just stepped into this other cultural space yeah. and... It's just like that, so I just need to be, you know, aware of that. Like, there's a point where that still doesn't hold up. I mean, if, you know, you could think of some culture out there that just does horrible things that are just, like, 
yeah. not excusable. So right, right. No, well, that's that's the problem. Is right. here. It's the first time that I've actually just said no. That's too much. Right. And it wasn't even an aggressive huh. no, that's too much. It it was a passive no, that's too much. Okay. So, but so that's what got me in trouble. Yeah. Do you, do you want to share what that, what that was? I'm yeah, curious. So, yeah. so there's the only way to go through it is to talk about, uh, two things. All right. One of them is the, the thing that's super nuanced and, and dangerous, which is what we got in trouble for last time. And the other one directly okay. involves me. So the thing that doesn't directly involve me is that there was a sexual assault conflict between my roommate and my friend um, in January. And this, the claim is from something that happened the previous quarter. So maybe November, December, maybe I before see. that. So there's a okay. little bit of time difference. Okay. And um, in that case, uh, the person was who was accused of sexual assault was asked to leave and was placed on what's called bad standing. This is like a- academic bad standing. Okay. Um, the big takeaways of bad standing are that if you if you don't get off of bad standing, then you cannot renew your lease or sign any new lease with the housing organization for three years. So this is right. all within my housing organization. And it's a co-op, as you know. So right, it's structured right. a little bit differently than like just paying your rent. Um, each it. member on some level has some say in how the organization runs. I see. Um Different parts of the organization, the highest or what seems to be the highest is the board, which have representatives from each housing group, okay. and they make the big decisions. Then there are the staff who are kind of hired by the board. A lot of them are ex-members of the other co-ops. They do kind of administrative uh, responsibilities. Then there's committee members and committee leaders, and they kind of manage things like a garden committee or maintenance committee. And then there are regular members like myself who just live here. We do like cook nights, work parties, and pay our rent, right? So anyhow, <clears throat> there was a sexual assault conflict. Okay. And uh, I learned about bad standing through the sexual assault conflict, this policy that if you're if you are accused of sexual abuse or sexual assault, you're automatically placed on this list. And now suddenly you're leasing uh, the possibilities for your future leasing – change all right so I see. before you could renew now you can't for three years so it's just if if there's any accusation that that happens or is, is that is that correct or that is what i still don't know i don't okay. know how much detail the accusation has to be in order to get you on the bad standing list i okay. don't know that and I, and and it seems hard to investigate that because you either would have to ask the people who have done it Ask the staff who've heard it out or do it. So it's just, it's extremely interesting. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. But I, I don't need to know in order to do. But isn't this my like part. written down somewhere or like the policies or? The policy is written down. What it takes to accept something as an actual abuse or assault or crime. Oh, that see. is not written down. That is subjective. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's at the discretion of whoever's listening. I see. And the people who are listening are staff members and or board members. Okay, so that went down. I found out about bad standing. Then, similar to you, I thought, well, what are the, like, do we know, what are the, is it possible for someone to know if there's a false accusation given this process that we have? Or what is the process that we have? Do we even have a process, right? 
Um, is it possible that we have false positives and false negatives as you would expect in most things like in medicine? Right. If I give right. you this, there's some percentage that it'll work and some percentage that it won't. Right. But this is just basic statistics. And, um, I realized, well, since I can't do, since I can't know what anybody says, the next best thing is to understand how the people in the highest positions generally process information that I can know. So what I did, which is the second part, right? Oh, and, Subtle thing here is that this person was accused of sexual assault. That has been interpreted by many as rape. However, rape is a sexual assault, but it's but sexual assault is a more broad category. So, like, right, grabbing and, the, and this and this is the conversation that you know caused all this ruckus. Well, some people don't want to admit that, but it's true. Uh, that's yeah. that's not the debatable piece. It's whether or not yeah. it happened. That's you know. But anyhow. Yeah. Got it. Okay. The point is, there was a definite sexual assault conflict. Okay. But it has been kind of blended into calling someone a rapist. So that's the first step. How how is is that so? So are are, are people going around calling this person a rapist? Well, the one piece of evidence that I have is that I I have been called a rape defender. I see. So that's what I mean by that. That's kind of the big conclusion of the two pieces huh. put together. And, and, and why why might someone go as far to uh, say, you know accuse you as a rape defender? Great question. That's the second piece. <laughs> so the second piece is, remember how I said, okay, it would be nice to understand how people generally process information at the highest level of my organization because it can be a pseudo-test for understanding whether or not there are false positives and false negatives coming through the pipeline. Um, so what I did is I said, let me design a test. Let me design a test similar to an impulse control where I put something in and see what comes out. If I put in that, I know all the information at the beginning. I put this through the pipeline. Whatever comes out, that will give me information about how they processed what I put in. I see. Okay. So I wrote a letter which in which I requested to be placed on bad standing. Right. Okay. So there were kind of two functions of the letter. And so, by the way, the so, but like, why did you want to be put? Uh, what did you write in this letter? What, what, I what can did show you, you the letter. I mean, <laughs> or you can just, I mean, yeah, just yeah, for the yeah. sake so of time. Show, Give I'll, me an idea. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, br- like, I'll break it down roughly. Okay. So the first thing is, I want to be placed in bad standing. Okay. The second is bad arguments for why I should be placed in bad standing. Most notably, that I may or may not have done something to deserve to be placed in bad standing. That's true. You may or may not have. Okay, to you that's obvious, but the whole (laughs) organization crumbled on that line. So the third one um, are philosophical kind of thought experiments showing them why it's interesting that I'm asking to be on bad standing, such as if someone else requested for me to be on bad standing, I would probably be on. So if I request it, shouldn't I also be allowed to be on, given that mm-hmm. I am a member of the organization? But they, but they, they're, they were the ones that said if someone else requested that you be put on, you'd most likely be put on it. No, I'm saying that. Oh, you're saying I'm making okay. the claim that you would put okay, me on without question if anyone else said it. I see. So if you don't, when I say it, right, it's in a way showing that you're devaluing my voice versus someone else's. So how is especially when I have complete information? So I want to know. I want to know how does like the social hierarchy in your from how you see it personally, like 
there must be some kind of like power complex going on here, right? Yeah. So, so how does that work? How, what, from as far as you can tell, or as far as you think it is, is happening? Yeah. No, yeah. I've I've given a lot of thought to this, so I'm glad you're interested in hearing. Um, I bra- the way I frame it is the three laws, and I originally wrote these three laws specifically for here, but now I think it's true everywhere. Okay. Um, the first is you cannot question someone who has status. Huh. You cannot publicly disagree with someone who has status. Okay. And the, in my opinion, the worst of all, you cannot offend someone who has status. So, okay. Now, here's why I think the last one is the worst one. Questioning and disagreeing are direct actions by someone. So if you're going to hold them responsible, at least you're holding them responsible for what they've done. Okay. With offense, you're actually holding them responsible for someone else's reaction to what they've done. Right, right. So instead of saying, what did you do? You're saying, is anyone reacting? Since they're reacting, you must have done something. So it's kind of like a converse argument. I see. And okay. it's, and it really gets, it's, it's really dangerous because anytime you speak to any audience, as long as one, it's an at least one law. So it's saying as long as at least one person is reacting in a negative light to what you're doing, you therefore are a criminal in our society. Hmm. And it just opens the door for anyone to be convicted if you don't like them, because all you would have to do is show that at least one person is angry because of something that they've done. And you don't even have to name what they've done. That's the creepiest thing about it. You could just say, you know, they offended me. What did they do? Well, I just can't speak on it. They just offended me. And then suddenly that other person, you know, (laughs) judge, jury, and executioner. So that's pretty scary. But anyhow, I would say um, the three laws. Now the question then becomes, well, how do you gain status in normal society? Getting money, getting a hot girlfriend, whatever. (laughs) Well, the way of it happening here is based heavily on the last law. Because huh. this is a, this is a place where it's anti-oppression or so they say. I don't think it's anti-oppression at all. I think I'm actively being oppressed, to be frank. But, yeah. um, it is offense means the way that you gain status in an offense-centered place is you're the one whose offense matters the most. So basically, let's say both of us are offended by something. How do you weigh that out? If you can figure out a way for your offense to outweigh my offense, now you have the most powerful tool in that society. Because, of course, if somebody questions or disagrees, they're actively doing something that's breaking one of the rules. But offense is the overall general, I can... So, so are you saying it's like, an, it's, it's kind of a, who can be the most offended? Exactly. I see. That's, now that's, yeah, so uh, that, that is such, it's so sad because I'm not the first person to come to this conclusion. But I'm someone who really doesn't want that to be the case. And 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 I have to, after all the evidence, just admit that that is a serious element to all of this madness. But yeah. And and what gives someone the power to legitimately, in, in quotation marks, be offended or more offended than someone else? You have to be a public victim. A public victim. So what does that mean? That means something bad has to happen to you and everyone has to know that that bad thing happened to you. I see. Okay. Now, you want to get back to the first thing. Here's the creepy part about the two things that get you on the bad standing list. They're crimes that don't have any evidence and they're incentivized, incentivized in a victimhood culture. 
I see. Yeah, so that's the piece that's different from every other group. It's like, hey, no other group of people would ever want to seem like they had been assaulted. But in a culture where that gains you status, now these policies that allow for, you know, um, word of mouth alone to be the central you know, actually, right. I, I can't even speak on that. I don't know what's used, right? In right. order to say, hey, this person made an accusation. We're going to take it seriously. I don't know if they reject cases. I don't know. But I do know that there is an incentive for it in a victim culture. Right. And there's strong evidence that I'm in a victim culture. I see. Yeah. So. Yeah. So when I, when I use your bathroom, um, you know, I was, I was taking a piss and, you know, my eyes, you know, I saw the pictures hanging there. And it looked like the building of the domes, like maybe some like, you know, people back in the 70s or 80s or something. I don't know that, you know, from what I saw, people building the domes, like kind of like the start. It seems like the starts of the whole thing. Do you know anything about the history of like this, this, uh, this space? Not much. I know it started in And 70, how did you, how did you come across these photos? Or were they just there when you moved They were in? there when I moved in. Oh, okay. Yeah, they must, they might've been here for, since it was built. Right. Maybe. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know too much of the history. I know it started in 72. Okay. But anyhow, the thing that I did was I asked to be on bad standing. I said, please reply back to this email, and then all hell broke loose. They ended up – so I sent this to the board. The board makes bad standing decisions. Some of the board members leaked that letter and sent it to the domes. They organized a secret meeting in which they voted me out of the domes, which is a slightly different punishment. <laughs> What's that? But you're, I have you're no in documents. a dome. We're in a dome right now. Exactly. <laughs> so a lot of it is symbolic, as I found out and you're finding out. But they voted me out symbolically. Okay. Um, and then, and they didn't send me any documentation on what that was supposed to mean. Instead, what happened was um, my roommate, who was the one who was in the conflict, is on the board. So my roommate sends me a letter saying, you need to move out of this dome into another dome. (laughs) And I say, why? And she copies and pastes my letter. And I said, but that's not an argument for anything. Why? Really? Yeah. And she, there's no reply. So they, the staff gets together and they say, we need to meet with you. And I say, all right, let me talk to some people if this is about me moving. Maybe I should go around and ask who's willing to live with me, et cetera. They said, no, you don't need any of that. So I showed up and they said, yeah, uh, everybody wants you to leave. So you should, are you going to leave or not? Oh, wow. So I said, leave for what? (laughs) They said, well, they didn't tell me. And I said, was this voted on? Did they have quorum? They said, yeah, it was quorum. And I said, well, where are the notes? Oh, there are no notes. I said, oh, were you there? She said, no. They said, no. So I said, well, how do you know there was quorum? <laughs> how do you know they even voted me out? How come there's no documentation of anything? Oh, my goodness. And they said, well, you know, we people told me, several people told me. <laughs> so I said, oh, wow. nah, that's crazy. I'm not I'm not leaving. I, yeah, so that's know. like me walking by my neighborhood and saying, excuse me, you need to leave. Why? Um, because we all voted on this or i don't know i mean it's just i mean you're st- you're a student you're a student what is what does the university have any involvement in this how does that work is this is this like a is this connected to the university uh, roughly this, like, so the roughly. university wants this place gone they wanted to bulldoze this place a long time ago but um there's some kind of a rough agreement 
where if they maintain enough of the bushes around here that they can stay. Huh. Okay. But it's it's a private. Uh, it's I'm pretty sure it's mostly a private organization. I see. And the okay. university's relationship is with the organization, just as an organization, okay. not so much as like university housing. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's anyhow. basically if pri- it's private housing. It's private housing. Yeah. Okay. Um. So anyhow, I get no reply. So I'm actually in good standing despite all of the hubbub. And um, this was back in January. So months mm, go by. Wow. And then in April, um, the domes get together again and they say, let's vote him into bad standing. They, we, they already voted me out. <laughs> so, so, uh, okay. <laughs> so, hmm. so I, and the, the thing is either you're accused of something or your, um, housing organization can vote you in with a two thirds vote. So, yeah, they, they try to vote me into bad standing and they send out an email saying, okay, everyone vote. And I get the email. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder if my vote counts. So I, I, um, we have this weird system where everyone has a veto power. So it's not like a simple majority because if one person vetoes it, then it doesn't even count. So I veto it and I write why I'm vetoing it. And basically I gave a request in January that hasn't been replied to. So if they haven't replied, perhaps they think I should be in good standing. But this is derivative from that request. So to vote me out, I mean, literally, if you, if I ask to be on bad standing, you say, oh, that's horrible. But then you don't put me on bad standing. And then later on, you say, let's put him on because he asked. And not, not that we respect his request, but we, we were offended by the fact that he asked. So we count the offense as a new offense. It's I like, see. dude, that's crazy. Hmm. You guys don't have one violation or one crime on me. The only thing you have is an email. And it's not even a, an offensive email. Hmm. But anyhow, um so what so what's so a, so a resident here came up to you with and said, you know, you need to leave. You no, to, this was a staff or, member. Okay, a staff member and you said why and she sent you a letter that you wrote. As no, were- that okay. I see what you mean. That yeah. So that was a case w- between my roommate and I. Okay, so your roommate's a resident yeah, student. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I suppose a right. student, right? Right. Okay, so the student resident right says you need to move out. Yeah, and you say why, and they send you something that you wrote <laughs> without right. anything else. Right. Huh. That's just the tip of the so, iceberg. So isn't so yeah? Isn't isn't that a problem? I mean, how should that be dealt with? I mean that that can't be that is seems very problematic. Yeah, it is problematic. And the center of it is that these games are cute, but food, water and housing are are very important. Yeah, you shouldn't be able absolutely. to uh, mess with someone else's housing, right? Especially with bad arguments. But um because of the way things kind of developed around here, what's more important is your status, not what you have to say. Okay, so is this um is this university property or do you know? I think so. It yeah. is okay. So, but yeah, the university. I mean, they kind of have some involvement. Some they do have know, some involvement. Legitimate yeah. involvement. Okay, interesting. Wow. But uh, the anyhow the 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 thing is, the reason why I was getting to the months later and them revoting is because yeah. for the first time. I finally heard some arguments and this was in April. So I went to the board meeting where they were discussing possibly putting me on bad standing for this vote rather than for my request. And I said, Hey, I have questions for the board. 
And also, I'd like to hear out what the Domes think about putting me on bad standing. So the Domes rep said, we're putting you in bad standing because you invalidate emotions of a victim. And we have a zero tolerance policy for that. Okay. And then I said, okay, to the board. And I, I slept on it. I didn't have a response for it because I didn't, you know, I just like right. to think it through. I, at the, actually, what's funny about it was when I showed up at the board meeting, I showed up to get on bad standing. So I said, hey, let's acknowledge something in the room. We're not enemies right now. We all want me to be on bad standing. So at least in that sense, we're all united. I've wanted it since January. Right. They've recently come around. But let's. Right. So this conversation is more of a formality just for clarity. But I hope when I leave, you know, I'm on bad standing because now there seem to be more people who agree with me. But uh, anyhow, that was the argument that I heard from them. And then also I asked the board, hey, uh, how come you guys haven't replied in months <laughs> to my email? Right. Especially if I'm such an evil person that I deserve to be thrown out of the domes. Right. That should be evidence enough that you should just take my original request seriously. But um, if you take their the domes vote seriously. Right? right, And if you don't, then perhaps you should say I'm in good standing and reply with that or confront the domes about it. Um, anyhow. So, so I have a question for you. So there's a lot of people, it seems, that, you know, have a funny way of uh, running things around here. Let's just say that. Yeah. But would you say that, you know, there are a few people that, you know, have a lot of power here or are a lot of people saying this is ridiculous this is silly or is that no. not the case how, like how, yeah. how is it really in terms of like i mean yeah. how many like roughly how many people live here i mean 26 26 only yeah. 26 so okay, there's about amount. three people who have power here okay and most of the other people it's not that they're uh it seems that now there's some okay. critics who are outspoken but they're also the types of people who have they get on with their lives right, right. they have other things going for them but uh, most of the people, I think they're just hearing the narrative that is hitting all of the right buttons. It's very persuasive to them. I see. And because of things like me being voted out, many people leaving immediately after being accused of certain things, there's never a counter narrative. There's never, right. so unless they're creative enough to think of, hey, there's a hole here, hole there, and they're willing to take that social right, right. and political risk of asking a question, it's really not worth it for them because they're living good. It doesn't really affect most people. Well, I mean, that's I, I'm pretty sure UC Davis will say that, you know, if you graduate with a degree from this this institution, you have strong critical thinking skills and, you know, Yeah, that's not the case. To, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. It depends on what you study, I think. Hmm. Not every discipline stresses critical thinking on the same so, level. So which disciplines... Are not um, do not sufficiently in, in your in your view yeah. stress so critical thinking. What I would say is this: if your discipline does not allow for fundamental questioning, so everybody is good at reasoning from axioms, reasoning from some assumptions. Right, right. But I think where some disciplines thrive is they teach you, encourage you, push you to question the fundamentals themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, one example is uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Believe all victims is like a, a political thing that people say. Well, how do you know someone's a victim? You have to hear them out, right? You have to right. have some process. Like if someone lies and claims they're a victim, yeah. 
how do you parse that person from yeah. someone who's actually a victim? No, I, so I, if you I, start I, with the belief, really what it would translate to is believe all people who claim to be victims. But that's not a good strategy. As soon yeah. as you can translate that, you realize that's not a good strategy. As an end goal, the hope should be that we do believe all people who are victims right, right. and not believe people who aren't victims. But to act as if we have this 100% record or it's even possible to get that hmm. is, is, it's, it's silly. But if you were to say that in a classroom, in certain classrooms that, right. well, you don't really know who is a victim until you hear them out. So really it should be more like we hope to believe all victims. We hope to be able to distinguish between someone who is a true victim and someone who's a bad yeah. actor. That actually wouldn't be allowed in certain, that would like lose you a letter grade on a paper in certain classes. Right. Your actual stance, rather than your ability to reason. Yeah, that's it's, scary. it's your stance so, itself that's rewarded in certain situations. So, yeah. So, how do you, so I mean, these, the professors must be in this line of thinking as well. They have to be, yeah. And, yeah. you know, well, yeah. Well, that, and that's true for every, here's what's obvious that's true for every science. Every every yeah. few centuries, we turn over something that we realize was some kind of ideological thing rather than based on the facts, right? right? And the hope is that you continually improve. But for some disciplines, it's been those same <laughs> bad axioms. Like they don't even encourage their students to question those axioms. You're right. rewarded for demonstrating yeah. that you have I think, accepted I th- them I think as any true. I think anything that, you know, frowns upon questioning of the thing itself is really is really a problem i mean i think you know i mean i study philosophy as you know i mean i think i I think i think i think people i think people want to say yeah question question why we're even doing this yeah that's a good idea here's the thing that (laughs) like like, question how like why you even want to do this And and i you know a lot of times i think you know this isn't at this, you know, for this particular thing, this is not practical to me. And for a lot of things it is. Mm. So I think that's important. Well, it oh, yeah. sucks to question things. It sucks to actually it's hard, yeah. Because you end up running into situations where you're the most hated person, where you're somehow some kind of a demon. I mean, so one example that I give uh is that I was in jail, of course, uh-huh. and um one of the guys, I'm reading a newspaper on my bed. And one of the guys who's like higher up in the brother's car, the black people, like prison gang thing. Okay. He's like, hey, yo, JP, put your shoes on. We're going outside. <laughs> so I'm like, what? I look around and he's gone. <laughs> so I put my shoes on, you know, mark wherever do, I am. On the do, do, do you have to You have to listen to him? I don't have to. But I make okay. the decision to do it because I don't know what the risk is. I don't know what's going to happen if I don't. So I go outside. People are stretching, you know. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to get jumped, right? And he comes out and he's like, hey, y'all want to get him while he's on the phone or uh, wait till he comes out? And then uh, I realize it's not about me. There's some other guy who's on the phone, right, That probably going to jump him. So I ask, what did he do? And nobody answers me. I, like, ask it loudly the second time. Nobody answers me. So I start going up to people as individuals like, hey, what did this guy do? I mean, I know... He's about to get his ass beat, you know, this is how it is. But, I mean, I just out of my own curiosity, <laughs> what the fuck did he do that got everybody so upset? Because I had been there for three months. I didn't get one person upset. This guy was only there for like two days. 
So uh, I finally go up to the guy who asked me to put my shoes on. And he said, uh, you know, he disrespected our program. And I said, well, what is that supposed to mean? And he didn't answer. Anyhow, long story short, he ended up getting his ass beat. But I was like, listen, Ouch. I don't have any problems with this guy. But I tell that just that story just to say, like, listen, I question things. <laughs> right, right. Like, even if I'm in a situation where I might get my ass beat by 14 dudes in a fucking jail and bleed to death, I'm still going to ask because that's who I am. Like, listen, right. what's ha- what happened? I want to know. I don't give a fuck that nobody wants to tell me. I still want to know, yeah. you know? So for certain and, people. And I think, I think, I think when you, when you, ha- when you have to question these things and you feel that draw to do that, definitely you have to come, you have to come up with some kind of, theory or some kind of under self understanding of like evil and like how bad people are and how bad we are as individuals and as groups. And you have to, you have to make sense of that somehow. And I mean, you, you know, you can do that through logical ways. You can do it through illogical ways also, mm, but I, mean, I would say that's more of a dissociate. You're dissociating. You're like, I'm going to take a break from thinking about that yeah. for as long as you can. Yeah. So but by but the yeah. way, one interesting thing about that is it, get, it gets back to that heated conversation. Right. The reason was he disrespected our program. Yeah. That's a categorical thing. There's a lot of things you can right. do, right? Same reasoning is used in the sexual assault thing. I see. He did a sexual assault. Well, which one was it? He did a sexual assault. You're not supposed to know what it is. Right. All you need to know is that it was something that we all agree upon is bad. Okay, right. Yeah, and it's kind of like, well, sometimes right. when you hear the details, you think, no, I actually disagree with that. I don't think this is a just punishment for that thing. Right. But if you rob me of the opportunity well, to know, then yeah. I don't get to make that and, decision. And, and the problem was, I mean, um, was, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, okay, he, he did a sexual assault. Well, what did he do? And then it's like, the answer is, well, we're not going to say Basically. Well, that's dangerous because then, people well, might assume okay, rape, in okay. which case... Well, eh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily dangerous yet until then someone said, well, what's your definition of sexual assault? And then the answer is, all you people always want definitions. Yeah, because <laughs> they like, help you think clearly. It's like, well, yeah, we need to know what we're talking about here. I mean, because because if you could say... Grabbing it, ass it, is sexual assault. Right. If I, and then if we can I say have... that's that's obviously, you know, terrible and, you know... But to be thrown from your home? (laughs) I mean, I'm not not going to comment. That's the problem. The problem is you can't treat everything in the category as the worst thing. Right, right. There's got to be some variation of punishment because it it can be overstepping too. What if we throw him in prison for uh, pulling his dick out on a bus? You know, Hmm. (laughs) there's a lot of ways you can handle that. Yeah. So I want to I want to ask you. So kind of going back, we were talking about um, you know ways to ways to understand evil, and then we were talking about drugs and saying, well, that's a way yeah. to dissociate from it and like forget about it. Well, I don't really think well, there is evil. I okay. Yeah. Well, what is evil? Yeah, I don't really think what is what thing. is evil that you don't think it it, it uh, is a thing. I guess that's mm. well. You think we're all just kind of fucked up and that's just like how it is? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, well, there's a reason why you do everything you do. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, and you can, of course. you can train yourself to, to get in good patterns and the lack of that right. training will lead you to the default. But I, the default but I think, is usually bad. But I think we could say it at a certain level if people don't, I mean, you have to train yourself to like get out of certain patterns. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. of you know, and if you don't, well, you know, you can be a little shit and, you know, people aren't going to put up with that. Yeah. So. Well, being a social being is a form of training, though. Of course, and it's passive. Yeah. Uh, just just being in a space where people are right. giving you these little micro rewards and punishments right. for your behaviors. So tell me tell me about, um, is, it, is that your only tattoo? Do you have other tattoos? That one uh, right there? I have one on the inside. Okay. Yeah. But this one is the first one. This was the first, and and, and, you, and you said this is when you went into yeah, a, man, was, a manic stage. Yeah, I got this in Berkeley during the manic episode. Uh, but the the design was, um, it was. I'm glad I picked the design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, this was one of the old comics, one of the first ones. Right. I started the graphic stuff, Chef of X comics, right in 2015. So I got the tattoo back then, but it was like one of the comics I hadn't posted yet. Right, right. Yeah, and it's kind of like um, going from the inside out. Right, right. It's kind of like hierarchy thinking, like competing was a big thing for me when I was a kid, obsession with competition. And then the next one is more circular, so it's like um, equality and thoughts about equity and equality. Right. And then the last one is more of a like an optical illusion of a cube. So Which are things like thinking about uh, structure. So what? So what's the, what's the manic stage like? You're just fucking yeah. high. You just feel it's, good. Yeah, you feel really good, yeah. and um, you have impulses to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Like everything just make. It's like yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I'm gonna do yeah. That. Like, I better do sense. it right now, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, like like like. What, what's your? Have, have you done a lot of drugs? Have you no. done a lot of drinking? All these. I'm, I'm at the at my drinking height right now, and I barely huh. I had. Four shots of tequila last night. <laughs> that's that's okay. my heights. So I don't know yeah. if that's impressive or embarrassing. Yeah, but no, I was no. I feel I feel like when people take like when people take drugs, you know, there is like a sense. Wait, I gotta do. I gotta do it right now. Wait, I need to talk to that person. I need to talk to them right now. Yeah, it's like the, it's not, no, it's not like it's like there's not really that thought. You know what? I can talk to them tomorrow. <laughs> I don't need to talk to them right now. You know, it's like, and it's like, you have to train yourself to be like, all right, I'm on, I'm on drugs. I'm, I'm, or whatever, you know, you, you know, just, you can talk to them tomorrow. You can figure it out. Mm. But yeah, but yeah, you've never taken any like psychedelics or anything no like psychedelics. that. psychedelics. And now I'm out of the game because I've had psychotic experiences. Right, right. So now it's dangerous to take psychedelics. And probably Could like be. if you're taking medication or anything, like, you don't Yeah, but my shrink, so I, I'm, I'm on UC ship and I have a psychiatrist at the school. And, uh, <laughs> randomly the last time I visited her, visited her, she said, Oh yeah. And if you're ever going to do like shrooms or anything, just go off the medication for four days. Okay. And I said, all right. But I didn't ask about shrooms. I was talking about, you know, some other thing. Okay. <laughs> and she said, I just wanted to let you know. And then within like, I think it was that night, somebody was like, oh, yeah, she, she, she said if it was shrooms or um, MDMA, uh, you should just go off of it for four days. That night, somebody was like, you want to do MDMA with me this weekend? And I was like, what the fuck? That's, well, actually, it's only three days. So no. <laughs> but what an odd thing. Yeah, huh? <laughs> she would throw me that bone because I never talked to her about. I'm not really all that. 
Like yeah. I smoke CBD now a okay. little to sleep, but okay. mostly just because of the smoking habit. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I don't know if I told you, but I went down to you told um, Peru. Yeah, I told you I went down to Peru this summer, and I and I met with a shaman pretty deep in the rainforest, and uh, yeah, and did ayahuasca with the shaman. So yeah, that was pretty uh pretty crazy experience. I met some cool aliens, and yeah, aliens. I didn't oh, know yeah. that was a part of ayahuasca. I thought it was more of a childhood thing, trauma. Hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of people do it for healing. I mean, I kind of like. It digs deep into you because what happened was before I, um, I, you know, was about to take it, there was a, you know, a cockroach on, you know, it, I was in my shaman's house, which, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's in, you know, this really small village, you know, mm-hmm. pretty deep in, in, in the rainforest, far, like, a far from the city. And his little cockroach and I kill it with my sandal and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, I was like, that's gross. You know, I'm going to kill that cockroach. And, uh, just before my shaman was like, yeah, like, just so you know, like, um, you know, like all the, like, I know we're in, you know, the house, but like all the animals, there's like bats and stuff. Like they all kind of live here too. So it's just like, like he was really chill about it. I was like, oh shit. I was like, I'm really sorry. You know, yeah, basically. And I'm like, I felt bad, but I was like, all right, you know? And I mean, I didn't, I, I felt bad. I mean, that I, I felt, I felt more bad that I kind of like infringe, made it, maybe made an infringement, you know, against like the way they do things there. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really feel, but that, that's inevitable. I didn't really, from there. I really didn't feel bad for the cockroach, mm-hmm. you know. But anyways, as like the ayahuasca started to really set into me and stuff, and I really, you know, you know, slowly was going there. And I mean, you go really deep in within you. And I mean, you th- I've thought of all the people like, that I've really like, you know, passed by throughout my life and how, you know, they've had an impact on me. And, you know, you really go deep in and I could see someone with, you know, PTSD or like, you know, all kinds of trauma, you know, uh, really being able to go deep into there and like really have to like face it. And I mean, that's painful, but I think you can face it in a way where you feel more at peace with it. But at least that's how it's described to me. I can't say that I really, I really haven't, can't say I've been through anything too traumatic. But um, yeah, anyways, I, I thought, man, I killed this cockroach. I killed a living being. I'm like yeah. thinking, and I, and all of a sudden, and one thing I forgot to mention is my shaman gave, you know, me a bucket at the beginning and said like, if you have to, you know, throw up, if you have to vomit, um, you know, you're just getting out the bad energy from within you. Mm-hmm. Like it's good. Like, I was like, okay. And I was all feeling all good, no problems. And then all of a sudden, once I thought, I killed that cockroach, I thought immediately all the green that I was seeing and all, I was seeing all, the, my eyes were closed, but I was seeing all the trees and the mm-hmm. rainforest and everything. And all of a sudden, everything just turned black and like really fast. And I was like, fuck, I gotta puke. <laughs> I was like, immediately, once I started thinking. And I was like, I don't really wanna puke. So I was like, I really need to like change my mindset. And I thought, well, you know what? I killed that cockroach and I'm going to have to live with that. You know, it happened and I'm going to have to be honest with myself and live with that. And I think it's almost like a way of teaching you whatever you do, you're going to have to live with it. And I mean, you can hide from it. You know, there's a lot of ways to hide from it and you can do that probably for a long time. But I mean, I feel like once, you know, you're about to die. If you have any time to think about you dying, you get, if you get old, or if you have a death that lasts more than, you know, two minutes, really, I mean, 
you have time to think about it and you're gonna, you're gonna think about like, fuck, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna hit you at some point, you know, maybe it's not as bad as, you know, maybe some pain you caused someone else, but I mean, you really do have to live with yourself. And I think, yeah, that was, that was one of the main takeaways. And even though, I mean, I killed a cockroach. I mean, if there was a cockroach here, I would probably be down to kill it. Those things are fucking <laughs> gross. Well, there but, are cockroaches here. So, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, they crawl right all over my face when I sleep. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. It's Dome's life. Yeah. But yeah, and then this past spring break, I went. I, have you ever been to Joshua Tree by any chance? You ever been? No, down? I have no. You got to go down to Joshua about. Tree, dude. What is Joshua Tree? <laughs> it's it's a it's a national park, and it's like three hours from LA. Mm. And I'm from LA, and it's I'm from Pasadena. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're from Pasadena. Yeah. You know, like if you just get on the two ten. Yeah. And take it out, like not like out, you know, mm -hmm. of LA. Like you go like like towards Arcadia. Mm -hmm. and just go out. Go for like two and a half hours and you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll hit Joshua Tree somewhere. Just follow the signs. There's signs. Anyways. But yeah, it's just desert. You know, you know what the Joshua Trees are? Have you ever driven through the desert? Like mm. driven to Las Vegas or anything like that? Not that I, I wasn't driving. So not that okay, I Okay. Okay. So like there are these like cactus trees and I mean, they're all over Southern California. I mean, they're really native to that place. They're, they don't really grow anywhere else and they're in the desert. And, uh, I mean, they look really cool and Joshua Tree National Park. There's a lot of Joshua trees and like big rock structures. You can do a lot of rock climbing and stuff. Yeah. It's just a cool place to be. And, I, you know, I went down there with, uh, with Luis and yeah, I mean, long story short, we saw a lot of aliens out there. And I mean, we thought, man, I mean, a lot of people go out there, you know, a lot of people go out there and I mean, there's a lot of stuff going down out there. I mean, I feel like, you know, uh, on any, on any given time, like if aliens have a connection to us it's through joshua tree i kind of feel like like even there at a at a vision that i have to go you know back to the rainforest and i really need to go in um like really deep in and exploring somewhere and i mean i just had this vision that i'm gonna see some some bones some like human bones like some person made it to somewhere and i and they didn't make it back well, I mean, wherever back is for you, for them, you know, maybe the, that was the, the place. Forest, it might they be made it to the place. Like, covered. I want to, I want to see some place where, like, I know someone made it, and like that was the place. You know, that was their spot. Like, like to the point where, like, their bones are there. That was their spot. You know, mm -hmm. I'd like to kind of like, you know, go see a place like that. And uh, I feel like one day I will. I don't know when or how, but <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I just feel like it's going to happen at some point, but we'll see. Well, now you can get dropped down by a helicopter, so you don't have to trek through the whole thing to get to a new place. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, they say it's about the journey, right? Not the destination. So that can like really ruin a lot of things. Like sometimes, I mean, you can have like a place that's like really, like a lot of people want to get to say like you have like a nature area and it's like, oh, the peak is there. And it's like, okay. So maybe like at one point you had to walk four days to get to this peak. And it's like, now they built a road on the other side and you can <laughs> just drive right up. It's like, that's so sad because it's like, it was really about the journey. It was a place to get to. Yeah. It's a place to get to something that wasn't yeah. like easy. Now it's, well, because of, you know, society and work that other people have done. I mean, it's, you know, there's a benefit to that. 
but it's also kind of um kind of sad at the same time i think you know like what are the uh what do the aliens look like to you you said that you've seen them on the ayahuasca and also in joshua tree are they the same aliens every time or something different um well they have like you know how if you like see aliens like even in the emoji they have like those eyes that go like tilted (laughs) yeah like it's just the eyes that like and they kind of they whisper to you, you know, it's like, they're mm-hmm. kind of there, but they're kind of not, it's like, you're confused if they're really there, but they whisper to you <laughs> and they go, they go down like this, at, like their eyes and you can kind of feel them there, like in your head. And I feel like all animals must have this, like, it can't just be us, like all animals, like we were talking about consciousness and how we're kind of a makeup of material and we have consciousness so, I mean, I kind of feel like plants and rocks and, you know, other things that aren't animals, you mm-hmm. know, they must have some kind of pre, like precursor to consciousness. They don't have, obviously they don't have consciousness, but they have some kind of precursor, like something that like, if we go way back when, I mean, in our, in our DNA, I mean, our, at some point our ancestors were bacteria, like we're like a bacteria, right? Right. Like our ancestors came from the ocean. And we're very, uh, we're very simple organisms compared to what we are now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think we have progressed at like a certain level. And I was just reading, I, like I love to just go read online about evolutionary biology and stuff. It's just like a fun thing to like look into. I mean, I'd like to study it, but you know, I'm I'm just preoccupied with other other fields. But uh, but it's fun to read about. Um, and I read. That the kind of how, I mean, I don't know what the proper term for it, is, but, you know, having a, you know, two gendered, you know, reproduction system, mm-hmm. which, you know, we have in all animals have in a lot of plants and stuff, I guess. Um, that's happened multiple times in like multiple genetic, um, like that, that already happened, like, you know, ancestors that we've had that were like, some like algae or something. I don't even know, probably. Mm-hmm. And it's happened in like a completely other line of organism. Like it's rehappened. Like <laughs> yeah. it's a trend, you know? Yeah, that happens that a lot. It's in a biology. trend. Like it's, it's not like, it's not like it happened once and then that kind of sprang to everything that is now. It's like right. it happened multiple times. I'm like, huh, okay. Like there's an example of something that's like seems to be like a pattern and, you know, say something like, you know, consciousness. We, I, I feel like as a species, we're, you know, just because we have such a complex consciousness, we are pretty progressed in some way. And it's like, well, where are we going to? What are we going to look like in 200,000 years? And I think that's interesting. And I think, especially with like, I've been thinking a lot about globalization and stuff mm-hmm. and how we had a lot of tribes and you know different groups, you know, throughout history. And now more and more, we're kind of becoming one because of things like the internet. Yep. Um, you can fly halfway across the world. I mean, all these things, it's crazy. And I think like, wow, well, we've kind of, we dominated, dominated this planet in a way. So, I mean, what's next? Who are we going to run into next? Like, what's the next thing that's like going to happen? Well, do you, do you spend time thinking about, um, computing? Because some would argue Hmm. that it's, it's, it's similar to consciousness. And especially when you want to talk about like a precursor for consciousness. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much like, I'm basically this being, I just am like this being that just wants to feel good and not feel bad. 
<laughs> and you know, you I move just in. you should move in. <laughs> yeah, I want I want to feel good, and I don't want to feel bad. Like I bet, like Moving I bet I could balance. relate to some people in that. Yeah, you can. Most people, but then there's also the side of sometimes struggle can uh, build your character, expose you to something. That well, I think that I think that works. Okay, long term, short term. Mm. Long term, you need some struggle. So, I think that all plays in. I mean, if you are just given a pretty good life, I mean, it might be too boring for you. It might not really be as happy <laughs> as you、true. could be. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, that might be true for some people, not true for others. But、mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's really important that uh, that I mean, you can't calculate it. You can't calculate what's gonna maximize your happiness for、yeah. long term and short term. But I know I want to feel good. I don't want to feel bad. Long term and short term combined, right? You know. So <laughs> and what with that being said, that, yeah. With that being said, I'm given a lot of options of how to like try to achieve that. And well, I'm com- we're complex beings and we're trying to achieve that. So. I think about that, and it, yeah, that's like computing. You know, you want this chemical in your brain. You don't want. I'd imagine you don't really want. You don't want to do the things that give you adrenaline, but you want the adrenaline.、Mm. I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, like you don't want to like. I mean, I haven't. Ever gone skydiving or anything? But I imagine people don't really want to jump out of the plane. They want to feel how they feel when they land, and they're like, "Wow, I jumped out of a plane. That was fucking scary, and I'm okay." And like that was, you know, that freaked the f- the fuck out of them. And now they're like, "Everything's okay. It feels so good. Like, wow." Yeah. Well, it, I mean, and also there's like、yeah. you get to see it's pretty and stuff. It's pretty. You know, it's like maybe when you're most maybe like when you're most afraid is when like things can be really pretty. You know, sometimes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can't say always. I'm sure you could come up with some example to disprove that theory, but disproven. It's already disproven. Just like yeah.、That. Uh, what if you were in a simulation and you could feel good as much as you wanted,、um, and then you found out you were in the simulation? Do you think you'd want to stop it, or do you think you'd want to continue living the life that you've, you know, defined as good? Hmm. So if I if I was in a simulation to make me feel as good as I could be, is this、yeah. long term or short term? You handle all the parameters. Hmm. All the parameters. Yeah. So you can make it just whatever your ideal is. You can live that ideal, but it's in a simulation. Hmm. And how do I know that it's that's really gonna make me feel as you know as good as I want? I, I I'm, I'm gonna feel you know. Yeah, you don't. But that's the you know assumption of the simulation is that it is actually it delivers the goods. Maybe there are other people who give testimonials or something like that. Right. Hmm. I don't know. Basically, in that simulation. I mean, I don't really mind if I'm in the simulation. I mean,、yeah. they say statistically, right? I'm supposed to be. Well, I I've heard、right? the argument. It's it's that you、that's... could be. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, probably not because I would say probably not. I mean, I don't have any expertise to comment on this, but I would say probably not because 
if you're that advanced to make this simulation, which I don't think we necessarily are, mm. but we're already thinking about the morals of it far, you know, beforehand. And I think it's like, yeah. morally, it's probably just like too questionable. It, it's too questionable. People don't really want to do it, or at least like prevent people from doing it. It's so questionable, whether it's right or wrong or neutral. It's too questionable to like go, like allow people to like do it. Hmm. But I guess maybe that's a bad thing too. Just because you can't say it's too questionable. You can't just say, oh, it's too questionable. So no. I mean, maybe you have to have like a more solid reason. It would be interesting if um, people who are in jail or prison could be used, um, given their consent, to test out simulations of that nature. Hmm. Yeah. So say, hey, you have a 30-year sentence. Uh, you can just upload yourself. If you upload yourself and give us good feedback, then you're off. Or even better, you can have some kind of a training within the simulation. Right. But I think the question comes like, can those, can people in prison? I mean, it's, I would probably think that if you're in prison, it's, it's a lot harder to give like real consent for a lot of things. It is. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. Although I mean you're you're already in you're in a sticky situation to be like doing something like that. But yeah, what do you what do you think about the concept of prison, the idea of prison? Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's a, okay, it's a what's what's simple, the alternative? Um what's the better alternative? Or I won't say yeah. I won't I shouldn't assume that you have one. No, I just do. because I mean it's a bad idea. <laughs> no. I mean you know, bad ideas might not necessarily have better alternatives. No. Well the alternative is it's it's hard to do, but it's on the front end. So, okay. um, if, if there's some way that you could figure out how to prevent entire, so, so, um, in the United States, largely prison is kind of connected to specific schools. So it's, there's a pipeline of people right, who right. are okay. kind of tagged to go to prison at a very young age. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they aren't supplied with the resources to counterbalance that. Right. So right. then inevitably something happens. And then when they do end up in prison, the society has already carved them a space. So it's it's not kind of the random um, game of people who are desperate, right. committing crimes here and there. You know, oh, random this over there, random that over there. No, it's it's that there are these whole rivers. <laughs> it's like if you're – or almost like um, I remember from Finding Nemo, they had that uh, East Australian current. Where there's an area where it's like it's calm sea, but then this difference of water temperature or something resulted in a whole current within the ocean um, right. that's moving at a higher speed. That's really the nature of how people are entering prison. It's it's more of there's an East Australian okay. current going to right. it from a so certain that, So that's prison in the U.S. Yeah, but oh, but, what about but, but general, what about like yeah. what about like Prison, I know like in a lot of European countries, I mean, they say it's more progressive and more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think we can all yeah, agree. I, I think I we guess. can all agree that like prison in the US and the prison system we have, I mean, especially when you, you know, have privatized prison. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's obviously a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean, and everyone even knows that. I mean, it's just, there's just enough money behind it that it's, you know, it keeps it's, it keeps moving. I mean, but I think most people know it's a terrible idea. So to go even a little bit deeper, 
What about like say, okay, like I hear like in some of these Europe, I mean, in some of these European countries, like, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's like some legitimate rehabilitation that's like, you know, actually yeah. looks like it's working to some extent. Like, uh, like less people are coming back after they get out, like very small percentage or whatever. So what about, what about those systems? Yeah, I think rehabilitation is necessary. So the front end would prevent a lot of people from getting there. But then for the people who do get there, a rehabilitation, it it can work. I mean, it it works as much as the people are interested in being rehabilitated. Anyone can turn, you know, turn their shit around. I mean, but they have to want to do it. And that's the thing that you can't control. Right. So what do we do? So what do we do about people that don't want to get, and not even necessarily like people that commit a lot of like, you know, problematic acts in terms of like, it's illegal and they're going to end up in prison. But people who don't want to just don't want to get their shit together. What do you do about that? They just don't want to get their shit together. They're just fine having their shit, you know, a little spilled over, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I really like, what don't do we do know. about that? I really have no idea because I've never been a part of By the of way, that. I don't have my shit together. <laughs> just want to make that clear. <laughs> no, I mean, I've never, I've never been a part of that group. And I don't really understand it, but I think it is a little funny. And I don't, I don't really know. I, my best attempt at addressing that is sharing some best practices that I've personally used to motivate myself. But I don't think that, I don't know if that's even effective if somebody doesn't want to get their shit together. It's almost like I, I can say if I see someone in a, in a slump, I could say, Hey, I remember when I was in that slump and these are the things that helped me out. But that's, that might not be enough. And then for someone else, that might be exactly what they need to hear. So uh, I feel like I'm doing my part if I'm sharing how to come up. You know, like I've been out, I've been down, I've been up. Roughly every time I've been down and come up, it's been the same process regardless of where I've been. So yeah. if I just share what that process is, maybe it'll be useful to some people. But I see. A lot of them probably not. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of people that there's really not much you can do for them, but. I think like, you know how they say like people like in like school, they say like, yeah, like I study hard and I party hard. <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah. I think there's something to that. I think there's something to that. Like you gotta like, like <laughs> you studying super hard, you know, you gotta party hard. It's like you fucking deserve it. Like party hard. I mean, what I'm trying to get at here is that if, I mean, say like your whole life, you know, you've, say you were raised like eating this like really nice chicken, like with like veggies and mm-hmm. like, that's like some good <laughs> shit, right? It's like, okay. Like, and then like, or you were raised like eating oatmeal, right? right? It's like, okay, if you were raised eating the chicken and the veggies, well, okay. You're like thrown out, like you don't even, maybe you don't even know how to cook all these things. Well, okay. You're like, wait, I want that chicken and veggies. Right. So now you got to go cook it. Right. Y- your baseline yeah. is going to kind of determine what you're willing to fight R- for. Right. But if you're like, you know what? Oatmeal's cool. I just put it in the microwave, add the water, put it in the microwave. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I want to know about this. Okay. I, okay. Personally, I was like about last year, I was like, I eat food to survive. And not well, because you got to run the test. If you do this, you'll find out for real whether or not you eat food to survive. Right, right. That's, <laughs> that's a removes. good point. So how long have you been eating this? How long have you been drinking this, I should say? 
<laughs> unflavored and unsweetened. <laughs> the unflavored and unsweetened, I've barely started maybe a month and a half ago. Okay. But I've been drinking food for like over a year. Okay, so what um what prompted you to do this? Well, I lived at this place. Uh, it was this uh, recovery house. It was called Change Recovery. Okay. And uh, my room was, it was this room where they had two bunk beds on each side. They had a fat dude that snored right next to me. I was on the bottom bunk to the left. And then they had the, the white dude who worked at the mechanic shop on the top bunk. And then the other white dude who, I don't even know what he did, was on the other. He was, um, he was in construction. And uh, I would go to community college every day. <laughs> and the food was hella expensive. And then I'd come home right before... Is this uh, a lot cheaper? Eh, I think it's like a little cheaper. Okay. I don't think it's much cheaper. Right. Yeah, but convenience is through the fucking roof. Plus, it's just psychologically better. <laughs> how How is it psychologically better? For me, it's psychologically okay, better. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. So... Um, I could see it. Anyhow, I didn't... I didn't have any time because when I would come home, I had to do like one chore per day. So I'd like clean the bathroom or sweep the floor and I had to be finished by 10 p.m. And my last class was like, you know, I'd finish and then get on the bus and get off at 930, do some pull ups in the park and then run home and drink my food. So that was kind of the benefit of it is that I can prepare it just by adding water. Um, it's super simple. It's surprisingly it's filling. And, um, but I didn't want to keep, I didn't want to like cook when I was home ever. Do you ever feel that like, you're like, this is so boring. I don't really want to drink it at all. I'm just fine. Just not. Yeah. Sometimes, but most of the time not. Cause I started working out too. So now. Cause then you're like, fuck, I'm hungry. Like I gotta drink. Well now I'm barely hungry cause I'm, I'm trying to be in a calorie surplus. So (laughs) I'm just drinking it as, as quick as I can get it down. Right. Okay. I see. Cause yeah, I mean, I, okay. And I mean, this is. Uh, by the I mean, way, this is basically vegan. It, yeah, it is vegan. It is vegan. Okay. By the way, I would not recommend that to anybody. Okay. <laughs> so 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 it's good, what, but it's what, good what, for what, me. Yeah, I see. Okay. But I mean, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't drink this as much as you do. But I'd be like, nah. you know what? Like in my house, like sometimes I'm just there and like I don't have anything. I'm like, last night. Okay. I never do this. Last night, I was like, okay, I'm, I don't have any food. And I was like, I thought of, you know, all Trader Joe's was closed. I don't really want to. I think some it was even late enough. Some of the other, most of the other places were closed. And I don't want to go to like, you know, Safeway or anything to get food. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to go grab food somewhere. And I was like, I don't want to go spend all the, like all the restaurants that I eat at. Mm-hmm. I mean, either they're like, you know, I didn't want to spend the money or... You know, I wasn't feeling it. I didn't want to go that far. I was like, there is, you know, there's this like Panda Express right here. And I haven't eaten that in probably like two or three years. Where is that? There's some like up the way, like up the freeway here. You like get off. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I haven't eaten this shit probably in like two or three years. I don't even, maybe like two years, maybe like a year and a half or something. I don't know. I walk into the place and like, I'm just like stand, I'm like looking at the thing and like standing at the cash register and I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, just like waiting. I'm like thinking of what I'm going to get. And then I realize like the line is on the other side of the place. Um, I'm like, I'm just standing there like at the, ca- it's like, I'm like trying to cut the whole line. Yeah. Like I was so oblivious 
It's like it's like it's like if I was like so high and walked. I'm like I I don't even I barely smoke weed anymore. Like, Is that wait wait wait? So why were you so oblivious? What was going on? Just I don't that know. you maybe were hungry? I was out of it. Maybe I was out of it. You know, I was yeah. hungry. <laughs> I needed some you know stuff, some foods in me. Did you and, end up going to Panda Express? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I went, and I was like, okay. So I was there, and I'm like looking at, I'm like, and I'm like, okay. So then I re- I looked around, and I'm like. Oh, the line, I gotta get in the line and then pick the food and then buy it. I was trying to buy it and then pick the, get the food. Yeah. So I was like, so, bl- I mean, it's Panda Express. It's fucking like, everyone knows this shit. It's like, yeah. where am I from? Anyways, I get in the line, right? Okay. It's like so long. I'm waiting in line. I'm like, geez, I came here because I thought I was going to be fast. This is fast food. You know, the, I, <laughs> and I was like, I was looking at all this shit, like this honey shrimp stuff. I'm like, this shit is like so unhealthy. I'm like, I, I finally get up to the guy. I'm like, um, could I please get the first part? Could I please get half brown rice, half steamed veggies? Cause that is like clearly. Mm. Look, we're in the Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> we're in we Peru. Are. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of those big mosquitoes. I don't like them. They try to eat me and stuff. Anyways. Anyways, um, so yeah, I, I'm like, could I please have some steamed rice, um, some steamed brown rice with the, with the, uh, steamed veggies, like, you know, mm-hmm. little, like half and half. Cause like I was hungry. I wanted some carbs, but like brown rice, but I wasn't like, I don't want all brown rice, whatever. Okay. Whatever. You get the point. Yeah. You guys like we're out of steamed brown rice and veggies. I'm like, this is fucking fast food. Like you have everything and it's fucking fast. Like it's okay. Like that's the point. Like that's why I came here. Anyways. Why don't you go to In-N-Out? Because I just gone to, I usually, I like to go to In-N-Out. I'll get the salad burger, like the the, uh, (laughs) lettuce. I get that. I get like two of those and that's it. I just eat base. It's basically a big thing of lettuce with like a hamburger, hamburger in it. Like I get two of them. That's what, but I had that a couple days before. I'm like, should I be eating that much beef anyways? Like, maybe I should take it easy. I'm like, I'll go there. Anyways, they did, they only had that, like, that rice that they make that's just fucking oil and like <laughs> MSG and like, you know, all this fucked up shit, that, whatever the fuck they put in there. Yeah. I was like, I was like, he's like, we don't have brown rice and we don't have veggie. I'm like, it's just like, been waiting for like 20 minutes in this line now, like 15 minutes maybe really, because I was like, whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to go anywhere else. I'm starving. Like, I'm like, really need some food. I'm like. So what'd you get? So I was like, okay. I was like, just give me that rice with all the fucking <laughs> high fructose corn syrup bullshit. Fructose rice. Fructose rice. I just, give me that shit. And then I was like, they didn't. Okay. I was like, they didn't. I wanted to get the eggplant and tofu. Like yeah. that looked good. That's usually good. They're out of that too. Uh. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, I walk around. I'm like, Yo. Everything is gone here. There's like a few options. I, I the only thing that they're overstocked with at Panda Express is the orange chicken. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's just fucking sugar, sugar and chicken. bullshit. Like, okay. Can I have sugar with and the processed chicken? chicken? I'm like, I got this thing. It was like green beans and like chicken that looked pretty. Like it was all right, like healthy-ish looking. So I was like, fuck it, I'll take that. I ate it. I was like, it's not that bad. I mean, it's whatever, you know, it's one time, like I've been working out and stuff. So, but I fucking hate, <laughs> I hate, they label this shit like all natural. Like you go to the store and like all natural. I was at Trader Joe's the other day and I'm looking at the salmon and there's like, 
the two colors, right? Yeah. Like the one's the, clearly the wild and one's the farmed one. Yeah. I mean, fucking farmed. Like I, I picture like like a rancher with like a fucking those you know rope things and it's like yeah, but for fish, fishing, yeah. <laughs> this, this is like I'm like, what the fuck is a fish farm? Anyways, and anyways, it said like Atlantic salmon. I was like, okay, that's the wild one. It's the Atlantic, and then I, I'm like, hmm. I was like, I knew something was up. I knew something was up. And I look at this shit and it's like farmed from like, like Norwegian fish. It's like Atlantic salmon, but it's not wild from the Atlantic. It's like, it's farmed. Oh, both of them are farmed. Yeah. And I looked more into it and I guess like the farm, it could be like in the ocean, right? But it's like, you know, a little space they make in the ocean. It's like a little box. They just like go into the ocean, make a box, and put a bunch of salmon in there, and feed them corn and whatever the fuck. And you know, anyways, I mean, I think these people are nuts. I mean, they had this I mean, uh... real food. I mean, <laughs> I understand like this. I could say, okay, this is kind of like pretty artificial in a way, but yeah. this makes sense. It's so fucking convenient. It's cheap enough cheap you know? enough <laughs> enough it's convenient it's not that unhealthy i mean you've got your fats proteins complex carbs i mean all the vitamins and whatever i mean it's like okay that makes sense you know it's like fake but like for all the right reasons there was this guy who uh so one of the things we do here is we have communal meals okay but there's a lot That's of nice. vegans I, that I, live I, here I, I like that. it's the best thing we do communal. and by we i mean them <laughs> But um, yeah, one of the, there's a lot of vegans, so people, you know, they try to step their game up and cook vegan recipes. Okay. So this one guy went to Trader Joe's. I was Jones. vegan for like two years. There you go. I was vegetarian for nine years. Can you still cook like a vegan? Oh, yeah. I can cook really good vegan food. Oh, yeah. Well, you won't make this mistake that he made. He was an up-and-coming chef, and he thought, you know, I'm going to make my first vegan meal. So he went to Trader Joe's, and instead of getting the vegan cheese, he got the almost vegan cheese. It's, it was like 95 or 99% vegan, <laughs> but they put, they put vegan in bold, and the 99% in the small print. So he bought it and threw oh. it in a pizza or something, and then one of the vegans bit into it and just made a face like, nah, something ain't right. Don't eat it. And then we looked at the package one more time and turns out it, it was, you pull out the magnifying glass. It's oh 99% vegan. And that's so what the type was the 1%? of percent Non-vegan. Non-vegan. So, I don't so, know. But was it real cheese or something? I don't know. Oh, man. We never figured yeah. it out because. No, I was like that. I was like that, but I was also like 14. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Some of, yeah. you know, the old, old ones. Process thing like for things like a fourteen year old. Uh, what do you do in the gym? Um. Okay. So lately, I've been just like lifting a lot of weights yeah. and doing that. But do you have like, a program of some sort? Not really. I just I just go in there and do what I want to do. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I'm okay going to the gym. That's why it makes sense for me to go to the gym is because I like going. That's yeah. Like a nice relaxing thing. Like I can go there, and like. Do it. I mean, it's fucking weird. Going to the gym is weird. But I mean, pe- humans have been doing it for a while. I mean, yeah. during the, the whole gym. Why thing. is it weird? Because I have a reason, but it might be very different from yours. I mean, Mine's I think, more I th- obvious. I think, it's, I think it's weird because, I mean, you're in there and you're like, I'm like, there's not really a, I mean, there's clearly a purpose to do it. You can, you can I can, ex- we, and it, almost anyone can explain to you purposes, but I mean, it's weird. Like, there's not, like, really 
a normal purpose. It's it's a weird purpose. It's a it's it's a it's it's the purpose is like a product of like our society. I mean, I think like if I was like I like to hike, it's like why? Well, I like to go see the pretty nature, and I have to walk to go do that. Yeah, I like to climb the mountain. And I mean that keeps me in shape, and you know it's pretty out there. It's like okay, that makes sense. But I mean, it's you know the gym isn't pretty. I mean, I would like if the gym if they put up some like colorful stuff and like <laughs> like you know how like you go into someone's house and like you go into their room and they're like you know, like they got like tapestries or something or whatever their style is. Yeah. And it's like this is cool. This is like a cool setup. Like the gym should be like that. Like it should be pretty and aesthetic. Hmm. Yeah, it needs a yeah. little makeover. It's a little, little makeover. A little home makeover. We just had a gym makeover, as you and know. And you, you don't think it's more pretty? Oh, I love it. It's so nice. Mm. UC Davis gym now? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's great. But, um, I mean, <laughs> like on the walls and stuff, you know, they don't have clocks in there. And I don't like to carry around a watch and, like, a phone. I like to, I like to go to the gym. I like to leave my phone behind and leave all my shit behind. I like to just go there mm. and do my thing. Yeah. And um, they don't have clocks. And, you know, sometimes... <laughs> I mean, time, I realize, I'm, I'm in the gym, and I'm like, this is me in the gym, I go in the gym, I'm like, you know, thank God I'm away from my phone, I'm like, doing stuff, I'm like, how long have I been here, and stuff, I'm like, oh, it doesn't really matter, and I'm like, well, I do have shit to do later, so maybe I should have an idea what time it is, <laughs> and then I'm like, there's no watch, or a clock, I mean, on the wall, I'm like, man, time really runs my life, at least right at this moment, like, that sucks. Well, it's super useful to have clocks at the gym too. Like they have clocks at swimming pools for that reason, because when you're timing yeah, out how your long swim, have you been doing this? Yeah. Um, me going to the gym? Yeah. Uh, oh no, no, no! I mean, like, like how long? I'm saying, like, if you're doing an exercise, uh, how how long are you doing? Oh no, for me, it's the the rest times. That the rest times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so, yeah, that too. So for me, yeah. it's it's I try to what rest do do? a full three minutes. What do you, what do you do when you go? I just started a quasi strength program. Okay. So yeah, I'm um, new to lifting weights. Like when I was in high school, I ran cross country. Yeah. And I did like a couple half marathons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like super into running. And even last year too, I was really into running. Yeah. And this year, I just like recently got into like lifting weights. Me too. I was a big runner when I was a kid. I ran yeah. track in high school. I did soccer when I was super young. Yeah. You ran track. Like what? What event did you run? 300 hurdles and 110 hurdles. Okay. Those are pretty short yeah. for me at least. Yeah. <laughs> like I ran like some like They're sprints. 5Ks and yeah, like and even longer than yeah. that. Yeah. No, sprints are different. But actually my track coach said when you go to college, do the 400, which is fucking insane. I don't know why he would recommend that if I didn't run the 400 in high school. Yeah, 400 is really, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's 408. Yeah. I mean, 800 I would say is really hard because – they're like, different like, though. Like if you, one of them is the a thing, sprint. The thing that's interesting. Well, the thing that's interesting is if you see like 800 runners. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because some of them are pretty buff. Yeah. And they look like sprinters. Some There's of a them, range. some of yeah. them look like marathon runners. Because too. it's a I different, mean, like, you can get away with long distance stuff. I feel. Yeah. At the 800. At the 800, it's like, hmm, like it's interest. It's interesting because like, like mile runners and weird. 5k runners, they can run the 800. They can train for it. But also those like 100 runners, they could train for the 800 too. Or two, 400 meter runners. I mean, 400, obviously. I think. Well, I think 400 is just a, it's different muscle fibers, I think. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, the, eight, um, the 800 isn't going to be that different from the 400. And it's also not going to be that different from running, you know, this, like 1500 or the mile or whatever. 
I think the mile might be better prep, but I'm but biased. I don't you know. know. I, I never love, ran them. <laughs> I love watching marathon. I mean, like really? it, it, yeah. I mean, I don't have time to watch it, but when I was into it, I would have, like watch the Olympic marathons and stuff. Like why? How long does it take to watch that whole thing? I know because I mean, you're like, what is going to happen? I mean, what's going to happen? They're going to keep like, going at the same you, pace. It's like it's like it's like you really have to understand like. I mean, you really have to understand, like, long-distance running and how, like, mental it is. I feel like, like, it's not, like, not, you're not, go like, if you're running a 400 or, like, even an 800, I mean, maybe, you know, it's not a mental journey, you know, yeah. with, like, the physical, it's physically it's very physical, hard and yeah. it's painful for a very short period of time. But it's more like with a 400, it's like, you can run it faster or you can't. Right. Mostly. And then there's the mental aspect, which is, you know, somewhat, but like yeah. the marathon, it's like, there's a lot of, it's like, like a lot of people get up there. Not all of them could really have a chance. Like if you watch the Olympics, like a lot of them don't have a chance, mm -hmm. but like, there's a lot of people there that have a solid chance that really like, it's like anyone's game Oh, I and see it's like so mental. And I mean, it's based on like, I mean, it could be on, what did you eat last night? You know? And they are like. They try to really dial these things and like everything, but I mean, it's it's crazy. I li I like to watch that because I mean, you see some people like drop back at like fifteen miles, and you're like, are they getting really tired? Or are they not able to keep up anymore? And usually at like twenty, and there's a strategy to it because usually at like twenty miles, you know, it's twenty six miles. At twenty miles, they start to like some of them will really push it. They'll like go above pace, like something that like is just not really sustain. It's not sustainable. But they push it to break off from like the other people. And it's like a mental thing. I mean, it's like, can it's, it's like they're making a surge, you know, they, like everyone knows that pace isn't sustainable till the end for the last six miles. Everyone's tired. I mean, maybe it's sustainable for like a mile or two, but they like really push it to break off. And then if, if, so, if you're like, you can see the person, but they're way up there. It's like, how do you slowly catch them? And it's like, you have to decide, do you want to stay up with them? And a lot of, you know, the people like, Usually when you watch the Olympics, like at mile 22, there's like four, five, six people up there. And like everyone's kind of behind, but like they've kind of broken up from the group. And I mean, I think it's just like crazy because you're like, what is going through these people's minds? I mean, like how bad do they want it? You know, all these things. I mean, it's crazy. Mm. Whereas I feel like the 400, it's like so fast. Like it's like how you're, it's more like how well did they prepare? How well did they train? But I think it's like, of course, the marathon runners train like crazy and they're like yeah. really into it. But I mean, with, you know, the certain group that's really got the chance. I mean, a lot of it comes up to like, how is their brain work? I mean, brain is so connected to the body. It's like, it's, it's so mental. How is their brain telling their body to keep going or go faster or yeah. like, or like be conservative? Like you don't need to stay up with them. Maybe you don't. And people come back and win. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a crazy race. I mean, 26 miles, it's a crazy distance. Yeah. It's interesting that, um, the little that I know about strength training is, uh, it's a little similar to long distance in that it's mostly your nervous system. It's not your muscles. So the, so it seems like, you know, if you're stronger, it's just, it's purely your muscles moving more. That's true. But what's actually happening when you're strength training is you're, um, you're shocking your nervous system primarily. And that's why the recovery is a little bit different from like 
training for muscle size, for instance, or athletic performance. It's that your nervous system get shocked and you're, you're getting like a better mind by muscle strength, training you mean like really like doing a little bit of everything like at once well doing things that will specifically get you stronger because there's kind of three categories when it comes to muscle development um strength um hypertrophy which sometimes is well yeah hypertrophy is like size and then um endurance right okay and if you're doing strength specifically it's mostly a nervous system thing, even though people who strength train, you know, they build really, really muscular physiques. What strength training literally is, is uh, your nervous system being shocked and your nervous system, right. you're, you're having a better connection with your muscles and your mind. And that's something that in a different way happens when you're doing um, long distance running. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It's mental, it's hard. And I mean, if you're there, like, if you're at the Olympics, I mean, people really fucking want it, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. And it's like, you all really fucking want it, like, bad. It's, it's the like, best of the species award. I mean, yeah. In a way, it's like, damn, you can run freaking far. And I mean, those guys are running like 440 miles. Yeah. For 26 miles. I mean, they're, That's they're nuts. They're nuts. <laughs> That's well, to each his own. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we could say is, you know, a lot of people would say is there value in that? But I mean, it's just amazing. It's like people like to watch fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's just it's like, pretty crazy. it's just like, I mean, I don't really watch fighting. I'm not opposed to it or anything, but I mean, I think the thing is, it's just people watch it because it's like, man, that's interesting to watch. Well, I think it's different when people are competing than if people are just doing it willy nilly. If right. people are competing, they're really focusing and training in technique and in, uh, you know, endurance. And they're trying to bring the best. It's almost like you're seeing something that it's inspiring to see someone try their hardest to do something and fights bring that out. But just a regular fight versus like professionals fighting. A regular fight might not be that fun to watch. <laughs> it might be just brutal because that other person didn't really you know, whoever, whoever's losing, they, it's almost like you have to feel bad for them. In a professional fight, it's a little bit more of an expected outcome at some point in their career. Right. Hmm. Mm. I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Did you train to get your nose kicked off? Or did you? Did that just happen because you picked the wrong guy, you know, when you were at the club? Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, man fighting that shit's brutal like i watch that stuff and i'm like damn like that hurts you know to watch but i mean it, you could get into it like you could get some like adrenaline pumping and i think that's why people probably like it but i mean damn it's pretty brutal that sh i mean people die oh yeah that's, <laughs> that shit's wild what are you looking forward to at this point in your life of the week of the month of the year what the fuck's going on? I'm looking forward to, well, in a couple weeks, two weeks as of yesterday, from, two weeks from yesterday, I'm going to um, have my uh, junior recital, my concert. Right. Here at the Pitcher right. Center. Yeah, I'll let you know. It'll be, it'll be chill. It'll be like classical guitar, classical music. I heard your last music. You sent it to me. Some sounds and chirps or something like that. 
Oh, <laughs> your yeah. Last, your last. Single. Yeah. Do you remember that night on that Wine Wednesday when um Luis came around and was like, yes, on the on the I, thing, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So right that's after. what I sampled, and then I like, you know, just like I was like inspired by it because like everyone was yelling at each other and like. Was that what that's what it was supposed to be? Yeah, I mean that's how I took it. I mean, and I'm and I'm pretty sure I know Luis. That's what he meant. I'm pretty sure. Like, people were like yelling, and it's like you get really, you're like, ah, and you're just like, well, and it's like, yeah, again, I don't, I I don't think it's a fair description that everyone was yelling at each other because no, I mean of course I'm exact. People weren't yelling at each other, but you know there was heated. People were getting really heated. Some one person was getting heated. No, multiple people. And the thing about it is, it's hard to distinguish sometimes between a healthy uh, sparring match and an actual fight. But you can't just walk into a random yeah. place and see people sparring and say, "Hey, stop that fight!" No, that's yeah. they're training. That's what they're there to do. Well, There's yeah, no I understanding. Mean, I was in that situation. I was like, I just want to know the truth. Like, yeah, that's healthy sparring. Me. Like, I'm, I'm like, I just want to know what's up. Like, right. No, but there. That's but the yeah. thing. There's a narrative that all sparring is unhealthy. Just like there's a narrative that all masculinity is unhealthy. Yeah. That's no, that's not true. There are plenty of cases where people um, speaking yeah. to each other, disagreeing, yeah. think, even raising their voice is a good thing. It's the best you think, thing. You think? Um, you think? Um, how much of like masculinity? Say, for example, for example, in our culture, is you know biologically determined or like social? Is it a mix or like? It's what? definitely a mix. I mean, of course it's a mix. Okay. But I wouldn't how, even how, go does, as far, how does that work? How I wouldn't work? even go as far as to say masculinity is worth isolating. I would say specific yeah. behaviors are worth isolating okay. in which anyone behaviors. can have these behaviors. Right. Bullying, for instance. You could say that's toxic masculinity if you see a guy doing it. But can a woman do that? Can a girl do well, that? Thing, yes. Well, so it's the behavior guess, itself rather I than guess what you could associating say like, it with masculinity. It's like all people have what like some might call masculine and feminine traits. All people have all of them. In that case, you can completely do away with that variable then and just speak about the act itself. Well, no, I mean, well, if everyone what I, what I, I mean, I think there's like a chart, right? And it's like, well, maybe one trait is more common or more like pronounced yeah. in men, statistically speaking, than in women or vice versa. But is it the and trait or the behavior that matters that people associate with the trait? Such well, as fighting. Well, what's the difference between the trait and the behavior? You could say fighting. You could say if we looked at some some bar graphs or whatever for aggression. Okay. That even if there's some overlap, even if it's not possible for you to There's say, always going to be overlap. Yeah. But sometimes what's significant, and this is true in a lot of cases, I think aggression is one of them. Sometimes if you look at the tail end, if you look at the extremes, then there's not overlap in the extremes. Right. So you could say, hey, if we're going to pick the most violent person in the world, what's the probability that it's a male? Very high. If you randomly select a person who's violent, do you know if they're male or female? Right. Well, it might be harder to tell. But if we know they're the most violent, it might be easier to tell. Right. Right. So instead, you could say, well, violent behavior should be looked at rather than whether or not they're male or female. Okay. Just say anyone who has violent well, behavior, that's what's toxic like, about You know them. how, like, okay, for example, like in a lot of languages, you know, all nouns are either, you know, they're either masculine or feminine. Like, yeah. say, take Spanish, for example, like, all nouns are going to be either, you know, masculine or feminine. Okay, it's like, there's no, like, logic to that. It has nothing to do with, like, males or females. It has nothing really to do with that. But, I mean, 
people kind of like want like characterize it and want to make sense of it in a certain way i guess i mean you know the the moon is feminine the sun is masculine okay why i mean it's it's just personification and a bunch (laughs) of bullshit i guess but like i mean there's got to be something to it like why does everyone kind of historically have seen it that way i mean or it could be the or it could have been the other way around. The narrative has been presented it, that way. Yeah. It could be simply because the meme exists. I guess, I guess what question. I want I guess what I what I want to explore is like what started the narrative. Yeah. The narrative like how to start what was it was it you know how did like okay there's like we have biology how did that create the the culture like it ha- it inf- had to like influence well, i mean yeah like there's here's where, like where did like i mean i guess culture has always just been morphing stuff but i mean even if you look at you know i mean go back in our ancestry to before we were even human yet and i mean there had to be culture but like it's just been constantly morphing so maybe like i mean maybe i'm kind of like as i'm saying this realizing this maybe culture has just like always been around with biology like mixed so there's not like biology was first and then that like like culture came out of that but maybe it's kind of like well it's always kind of been like together yeah or at least for a really 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 long time well you could think of culture as something that explains the natural world or tries to make sense of things that are already there and something that puts new things out there so you can have a new concept through culture but you can also describe Stuff that has nothing to do with culture through culture. Right. So you got to distinguish well what's actually in the physical world and what's just the artifact of culture that we keep kind of recursively referencing. I see. But there are things in the physical world that are true for uh, men and, f- and women that make sense, at least from the explanatory perspective. Like one of the big ones to me is risk taking when you look at mating strategy. So as a man physically it's possible for you to impregnate several women at the same time. Right. For a female, it's not possible to... Wait. It may or may not be possible to have kids by several people at the same time. It's it's harder. It's, yeah, diffi- I mean, it's difficult yeah. to get in the high numbers, at least, even if it right. is possible in the low numbers. Because you have, you know, one pregnancy cycle, nine right. months. Um, that whole time, you pretty much can't diversify. You can sexually, right. but not reproductively. Um, so you, if you start just from the known differences, you could say, look at things like risk taking behaviors and say, well, when, let's say just from a reproductive standpoint, um, who would it be more beneficial for to take high risk for high rewards versus low risk for low rewards? Right. Right. So if you're saying, well, I'm going to go for it and it might happen and it might not, but if it does happen, it'll be really good for me. Um, when would that be beneficial versus saying it's more worth it for me to pick very wisely what I go for so that whatever I end up going for is actually worth it. Right. And if you look just from the reproductive thing, and this doesn't necessarily scale out to anything beyond it, but if you look at that as a base reality, it would make more sense for men to be the risk taker right. in that, in that yeah. system. So, so, so someone, I mean, this was, you know, not too long ago, someone told me, I don't even know how it came up, but they were like, you know, marriage is like 
this like male constructed institution to like control women or something. And I thought, and I was like, why? And as you might expect, there wasn't really like much of an answer, but I thought, I mean, I kind of feel like marriage is good for men. Like it benefits men. You know, you could think of a lot of reasons, but I would think like women are the ones that have to like carry the child and give birth to it. It's like, isn't something like marriage that kind of more ensures that like the guy like stays around like is isn't that good for women you know so that like the men can help raise the child and help take care of her while she's pregnant and whatnot so basically what you're saying is you're a misogynist well wh- why is that <laughs> It's not. I don't think you're a misogynist. I'm trying to joke with you, but I'm okay. not sure if it's landing. Anyhow, um, <laughs> um, the, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I think it's a decent point. I don't know the history of marriage, and I'm not interested in making claims about the history of marriage. But yeah. from what you've said, I don't know. Either. Seems to make sense. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> that bit. The thing makes is, sense. like, if I'm wrong, like, I want someone to come and like give me, like, show me, like, show me why I'm wrong, like. That's not going to happen around here. (laughs) I know. Like, if there's something that, like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, okay, here's another thing. Like, so with, um, with some of my friends, with a lot of my friends, they'll, like, say something that's, like, super politically incorrect in, like, in, like, a public kind of, you know, area. Yeah. And, like, my, you know, response is this. Like, I look around, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm just, like, making sure, like, but the, a lot of them are, like, Who whatever. cares? Yeah, and come like, at me. And, like, okay, I've seen this pattern, like, I don't know. And I think, like, we've talked about it, like, um, and this is mostly, I'm going to say mostly with my housemates. And um, mostly in particular, like, okay, I was with my two housemates, and they are both not born here in the U.S. All right. Where are yeah. they born? One in Mexico and one in Chile. Okay. Okay. And um, we were the three of us were together. And I'm thinking of a specific time. Uh, time, and I feel like this happens a lot with you know us three. We were housemates last year. Anyways, and they'll like say something like super politically incorrect, and I mean I'm just like whatever. I'm like okay, and like my instinct, my instinct is to look around and like, and and I'm like, I'm like. Like, even once I was like, you guys know, like, I'm like, I don't care, but you guys know, like, if someone, if, the, if like, pretty much the average person around here hears you saying that, like, you know, you know what they're, like, at least thinking or, like, whatever. And then I realized, I'm like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be, like, limit, you know, maybe I'm, like, <laughs> limiting what they're saying or something. I'm like, maybe I'm too worried about it. I don't know. But I realized, and I'm, th- I'm like, man, I've been really trained like for whatever reason you know to like really be careful and like you know why is that i mean i don't know if i have the answer well you're in a you're in a climate first of all this is something that i heard before i experienced it myself but universities in the u.s especially liberal universities or etc etc really aren't a place for free speech right now in the sense that it's one of the worst times and for free speech Mm. because People, a lot of people are subscribing to ideas that, um, speech is violence. And, um, as it's the, or it should be considered the same thing as violence. So your hesitation and your like caution 
it makes sense in the environment that you're in. Yeah. But the environment that you're in is just this bubble. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's course. kind of it's like... It's definitely a bubble. In, now, not to say that outside of the bubble, they won't be questioned for saying something that's politically incorrect or right. whatever. That's that's still going to happen. But the worry that you yeah. feel is... It's it's warranted here, right? Because who knows what it, yeah. what can actually happen? Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, what it, I mean, if the wrong thing gets interpreted, I mean, I'm a student here. I have a lot going for me. I have a lot to lose. Yeah, I mean, if the wrong thing gets interpreted it's just not worth or the gets, risk. T- I mean, it is a risk. I mean, I think, and it's like, you know, it's kind of scary. I mean, I don't know. It's not really that scary. I mean, there's definitely way. It's not really that scary. Yeah. But I mean, and of course, there's way worse. There's so much worse. You know, you know we, we have so much to be thankful for. Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, that's other. I feel like, you know, I have a lot to be thankful for. But yeah, I mean, I do think like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think the more like, I'm like, the more I like appreciate all that I have. And I'm like, and especially as I like mature and grow up and you know, I'm only 20. Yeah. Like the more I'm like, realize like fuck i'm actually like you know all this stuff like here we have at uc davis for example like we have so much opportunity there's so much going on good shit happening i mean the more i'm like i find myself becoming like a little more conservative and wanting to like protect that i'm like yeah like i have all these good things going for me i don't want to like risk that you know and i mean hey you know i mean whatever happens is gonna happen but well see that you know who doesn't have to worry about that Someone who's in the worst possible position already. Right. Because right. then there's nothing like to there's lose. Like there's nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, yeah. I'd like to be placed in bad standing. Hmm. I see. There you go. Yeah. It's insurance. You pay your insurance up front, something happens down the line, you're covered. Mm. But it's insurance for free speech. So if you're someone who has something to say, yeah. and you're in an environment where, you know... No, I mean, if you're, what your roommates are doing seems to be slightly different. Like they might be trying to tell jokes or they're they're trying to offend. Yeah, yeah. That's different from just living and realizing that someone can flip whatever you do. But the thing is, you know what? Like if someone's going to tell a joke and that's, I mean, it's like we're all, you know, we can all tell if some, I mean. Yeah, as long as there's performance to it. Yeah. You know, it's a joke. Right, right. Well, jokes are violence. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's interesting because I went to a private uh, college for my first um, semester. So I got a high school. I got the scholarship to go to this private school in East Coast. Mm. And, you Princeton? Know, no, no. <laughs> Is it Hobart College? Hobart and William Smith? Oh, College. Hobart Williamson. Okay. No, Hobart and William Smith College. Oh, Hobart and William Smith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyways, it's like small liberal arts school. Yeah. And I mean, man, the people there, I mean, you know, there was like, I, you know, from what I saw, what I was hearing, I mean, I got there and there was like a lot of racism on campus and a lot of like extreme conservative mean? conservatism. What was the racism? What did they do? Like, for, I mean, just like, for example, okay, like one thing I can think of. So there was one um, student and okay. To give a little background, so they had this scholarship where, you know, students specifically from L.A., specifically supposed to be diverse, a group of students, you know, they send them, get them a scholarship to the school and send them there. After you accept the scholarship, they let you in on the fact that it's for the purpose 
of like spreading like more diversity in this campus, which is supposedly a need. It's problematic. We can we could talk about that if you want. I think I see what you're saying. Were they qualified students? Yes. Yes. Okay. So they, but they but they didn't tell them why they were accepting them with this scholarship. Huh. Qualified to get accept, accept, accepted, but with this full tuition scholarship. Huh. Yeah. It's, so, like, basically, they're like, we're putting this group of students together, 10, exactly yeah. 10. And, like, it's going to be diverse, you know? Yeah. Like, like they're going to have, like, black students, you know, Latino students, like, in a mix, you know? Like, like they want to have yeah. different colors. Representation. Different. different they want to have different, like, I mean, if you, I mean... They're not, like, excluding anyone or, like, it's, like, just for, like, this group of people. There's no, like, quota or yeah. anything. It's, like, as they pick it, you know. And and they are picking the most qualified, like, okay. you know. So, like, it's it's based on, like, that. But with that being said, like, they're looking for a diverse group. And, like, they want a group that promotes, that wants to promote, like, social justice and, like, these sorts of things so that when they go to this campus that like generally these campuses are small campuses with like that are very conservative anyways so you asked why why is a race i mean there were a, there were a bunch of things i heard about okay um there was a student there was like a snapchat for the whole school yeah okay this is a big one there was a student who like put um a snapchat of himself like with his face and everything doing like the hail hitler sign and like, um, and wrote, you know, some like, like, some like, like, I don't know, some like, there was some like, Nazi like, reference or something in this snap, in the Snapchat. Yeah. Okay. And that, and it was on like, it was like public, put, put on Snapchat with his face in it. And like, he did this. And I'm like, I, you know, at that point, I was like, I, this guy should not, I don't want this guy at my school. Yeah. I like, I would like it if he's kicked out. I yeah. think he should be kicked out. And he wasn't kicked out mm. because like, oh, maybe it's like a joke or something. I'm like, well, at that point, it doesn't matter if it's a joke. I mean, that's, you know, you know, I mean, that's where the, Interesting. that's where, that's where yeah. like you do understand why like people are, you know, really afraid of um like, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether that falls into free speech or not. I mean, I guess like it does, but that doesn't mean you get to, and it's a private university. So kick him out. You're private. Kick mm. him out. Like, yeah, that's like, you know, so that's even like more reason. Like there's no excuse anyways. And, um, yeah, it's really scary. And also that's a situation where, um, you could make an argument for a real hate speech. Yeah, of course. Because it's yeah. he's not really making any like what is the joke if it's a joke? Is the yeah. joke just that he's not Hitler yeah. but he's acting like him or he's not a Nazi but he's acting like a Nazi or is yeah. Nazism a part of some other yeah. larger and string I mean, of ideas? Yeah, and I, and I feel like I mean like with my name and everything like I'm pretty like I clearly identifiable as Jewish and stuff. So I mean it is it is a little like yeah. it, I mean I'm not I wasn't scared really, but I mean it's a little like I mean, yeah, I wasn't scared. I didn't feel unsafe on the campus or anything. But I mean, I felt like, are you, I mean, definitely like, it doesn't make me feel safe. I mean, it doesn't make me, I didn't feel, I didn't feel unsafe, Yeah. but it didn't make me feel safe. And I'm like, okay. And I mean, it has its face, like you have it, like, it's like so obvious. They didn't, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. 
Yeah. Anyways, um, or like something even more like not as bad as that is when um like there was a uh, one of my um like uh, acquaintances who was like in my you know sc- the scholarship group from LA. He was like on the phone speaking Spanish to his mom, and someone says, "Oh, are you are you like a foreign are you a foreign exchange student?" And I mean to us, I mean, I mean. I mean, to me, it's, it sounds, it's, sound, it's pretty racist. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's racist, but if that's the right way to qualify it. But I mean, it's pretty ignorant. Like, yeah, it was just it's ignorant. ignorant. It's just yeah. ignorant, like really ignorant. And I'm like, geez, I was, anyways, long story short, after one semester of being at that school, I got my grades and everything and I left. And then I went to, and I was like really pushed really like to the left because of like being there. And I mean, seeing like, I mean, being from LA and then going and seeing that, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, and that was when like, um, the whole, like, that was like right during the Trump election and stuff. And like, I was like, oh, like being out, being from LA, you're like, there's no way that guy could win. But yeah. like, if you're in that bubble, but like being out there, I was like, oh, like, I see, like, this is scary. Like, it's, you know, it scared me. It, it definitely scared me. Yeah. And, and I mean, it just did. And I, and I said, okay, I got to get out of, I got to get out of here. Like, I don't want to be here. It's not really like the school for me and stuff. I did get the scholarship, but I, you know, it still wasn't worth it. Anyways, I went to community college for a semester in LA and then, and then ended up here. And yeah, now my point is by saying all that is I was really pushed far to the left being over there. And like, yeah, I was starting to really like see why, you know, like a lot of people want to even go as far, like a lot of college students in, in this climate, like even want to go as far as like limit free speech. I mean, I never was like, well, okay, where or, should the limit be? Yeah, I was never okay with limiting free speech, but like I could see where that was coming from. You know? I 100% yeah. agree. And that's yeah. what I say all the time. I think all of the bullshit actually comes from a good place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's totally and that's well the sad thing about it. It's like, well, Listen, it's like what's his name was saying on Wednesday. Like, I'm not your enemy. I just want to know what's going on. I just want to make points. I just want to hear you out. But was that was that uh, was that um, Seva? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. What, what, what did this? What do you look like? I'm just uh, long hair. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you realize, like, oh, wait a minute. If we could remove all the misunderstanding, everyone would realize they're wearing the same color T-shirt. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. We're not wearing different jerseys at all. But the misunderstanding can be so uh, fundamental. It could be so deep that it's like now we're seven layers up discussing something when really the, the problem's so fundamental right. that it looks like we're miles apart when really right, there's no difference. Right. It's just that that one thing all the way down there we disagree about. Yeah. But, you know, like I remember um, – I remember like being in middle school and I don't know what it was that I was watching, but it was like they were showing like British news and it was like super, they're like seeing how boring it is and like American, like US news and how like they're showing that and how it's much more interesting. Yeah. It's because they like put pe- like, like they're, I mean, okay, big generalization, but like the thing is like, okay, on like the British news or like traditionally or whatever they were showing, it's like these two people, like, are lo- both logical people, smart people who like disagree on like a fine point because it's like, you know, they agree on most and they're like 
just talking through the disagreement. It's not fighting. They're very, like, they're just talking. Right. And, like, it's just about the fine points, the fine details, tightening up the wrinkles. It's like here we're like, okay, polarize, yell. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's like, and I think that's kind of like what you might see here, but it's like reality. We're like, wait, like we have a lot more in common than we think. Well, that's the beauty of hearing real criticisms is that you can say, oh, that's what you think. Right, right. If it's all in the smoke, then nobody really knows what anybody thinks. Yeah. But as soon as you say, you're a fucking rape defender. Now right. I it's understand. Like, okay. okay, this is what happened. And I like, see the trail that led and, to and, him. And everyone, did you hear? Everyone was like, why? Yeah. Why? It's like. Well, no I one, know why. It's no, because I they know. conflated a sexual assault with a right, rape. And right, then they interpreted right. my letter as a support no, yeah. of that sexual assault, which they conflated to a rape. Therefore, I'm supporting a rape. Right, right, right. Done. No, but Easy. I mean. But, but I mean, <laughs> I'm saying like, that's the right question. It's why. And it's like. That's the worst question you can ask. There wasn't an answer. Because here's the thing that none of you have experienced. A domes meeting. (laughs) You want to get an idea of what it is? No, I don't. All the men. Honestly, I don't. If if you have a dick, shut the fuck up. Okay, now the women talk. And if they have a point you disagree with, then you just got to hold your tongue. (laughs) So it's like, we're all men. So she's not used to hearing men say, wait, why? Or they aren't, oh, rather. Why? Because they've been living here, and here, men can't ask you any question in public. It's considered a direct threat. It's considered aggression. It's considered, or microaggression, or whatever the fuck. I see. It's considered toxic if you ask a woman why in public, or disagree with them, or yeah. offend them. So instead, yeah. it's always, whatever I say, everybody's already agreeing with me, and this is the first situation where you're out of water. People aren't agreeing with you and you don't know how to behave in that environment. You don't know how to defend an idea. You haven't had to. Why should you? You live in the domes. And I think the thing is, it's okay. It's like, if someone says why and you're like, well, I don't know. No, that's, that'll never happen. No, I know, I know. Like, like, um, (laughs) like, uh, I was arguing. That's a sign of weakness. I I was having a discussion with my, um, with my housemate and we were talking about, you know, um, politics. And I was like, I was getting a little heated. I was like, I mean, not like, you know, you know, everything's cool, but I'm like, I'm like, but look at this, look at this, look at this. That's what I'm saying. And, and that like, is a healthy example and, and of like, sparring. Yeah, where and he's you like, should get he's like, a little into it. And he's like, but, but how do you know that? And I'm like, well, I don't. I was like, I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, he's like, how do, he's like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, I don't. I, I was like, well, I don't know. Or he's like, how does how does that work? I was saying like, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. And he's like, but how does it work? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I know it happened. I think it happened. I guess. Right. And I mean, that's yeah. why I, think, I was saying. Yeah. I was saying. I was complaining about Trump. I was saying about Uh-oh. the shutdown. <laughs> it was about the shutdown. Yeah. I was complaining that like. You know, I'm like, the shutdown's fucked up. People are out of work. Like, you know, for, you know, and it's like, it's, I mean, it's already for a stupid reason. It's like, yeah. not even going to even, you know, secure the border. It's just stupid. Like, I'm like, and like, people are out of work. And like, all the, I'm, I was criticizing the shutdown and Trump for, you know, for like not lifting the sh- it, you know, after so long. And, uh, and then once I was asked, well, well, how how does Trump lift the shutdown? I was like, 
well, I don't know. I know that he can. I know that he, he, he had the power to. But I'm like, well, I don't really know. And then we ended up, like, researching how this works. And I think that's, like, that was good. I learned I learned more. By some, I mean, I thought, like, my point was obvious. Like, okay, yeah, yeah it's obvious. The shutdown is bad. Like, this long people are out of work. Like, it's just stupid. But, like, I thought my point's obvious. But then when someone, like, actually questioned me and, like, made me go deeper, I was like, I actually ended up learning something. So... Yeah. Yeah. I ended up learning something. I was in a, a board meeting and uh I was voted out of the domes like in January. So uh I said, you know, it could have been nice if somebody could have come to me and this, this and that. And then somebody said, So you want some kind of a you want like a victim of some crime to come to you and do something? Is that what you're saying? And I just stopped for a second and I thought, Well, I guess that was kind of what I was saying, but that doesn't make much sense. <laughs> Instead, no, it's not what I was saying. What I was saying is that's something that could have happened, not that's something that should have happened or that I want to happen. But um, but it was a, a moment where I felt like, oh, okay, there's like one, I think there's some, like a crumb of beauty in this thing, even though it's not a direct criticism of what I'm saying. I think there is a crumb of beauty in me realizing that my model of how people will behave is off in this particular situation. But that was completely irrelevant because none of the people who I needed to com- who to communicate with were this person. Right. I was communicating with the organization. They were talking about this person from this other thing yeah. that they had associated with what I was yeah. doing, which is not the case. And like the thing is, like I think, like we're all born into this world where, I mean, like I don't know. Yeah, like I mean, I think like. People, you know, are going to be a little behind from you in one thing or another. And, like, that's kind of, like, we have to just try to make it better and try to, like, if you try to, you got to try to, like, educate people and, like, educate yourself and stuff. And, I mean, yeah, I don't know, like, I get it because, like, sexual assault is so bad and, like, victims don't want to, I mean, they don't want to talk about it. You know? No, and that's why no I never asked about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's no surprise that like it's you know. But it's messed up if there's something fallacious going on and you can't ask about it too. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you don't want to talk about it. that's fair. That's fair. But we should be accurate on what actually happened. Though. Yeah. I, yeah. With respect to calling me a rape defender, right? Right. Right. Before you call me a rape defender, know what happened is my. Or point. at least like you have to like. It's like, you have to at least, like, you have to say, you know, like, for these reasons, I'm just not comfortable talking about it, like, and it's like, you can understand, like, and I think a lot, and I think it's like, at that point, like, you have to say that, like, you have to say, like, I don't, you know, I, you know, it doesn't want to be talked about or something, and that's, that's okay, I mean, that might, you know, might be very well, you know, just fine, but, like, people have to, like, no, I mean, some people, everyone's different, how do you know, like, for each individual, I don't know. Maybe I'm not making a very good point, but I don't know. It's Everyone just an idea. Everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone's different, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, people are different, huh? That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're, uh, but you're from Pasadena. I'm from North Hollywood. I mean, we're pretty close by. We well, I'm almost never in Pasadena. Well, as far as I'm anymore. concerned, I live I'm, in the I'm domes. Not down in, I'm not down in LA. Yeah, I live up here. I am where I am. Yeah. You live where you are. I mean, 
yeah, it's crazy how like things change so much in different stages of life and so different. And you get used to shit. It's like, wow, that's wild. Mm. Yeah. Well, but I mean, and you think you get used to it and it's like, eh. no, like, like, it's like, you kind of like, it's like kind of scary to get too comfy in a place. Cause you like, know like eventually you're going to have to like, get too comfy in like a corner. Cause you know, eventually you're going to like branch out and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't know.